All right, let me quickly get the bullshit out of the way. So the normal, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, Average Joe, uh, do the um, uh, at Average Joe's Beer Podcast on Instagram. Follow me on Untapped, all that. Leave five-star reviews if you can. That would be phenomenal. But I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about before this episode starts rolling. So uh, this is uh, for Barclay Brewing. Uh, some of you may have heard of them. He's basically, it's got the most interesting story to me. I mean, it just, I was privileged to go out there yesterday and talk to him. Uh, we had so much cool stuff happen during this podcast. First of all, he poured out these incredible series of uh, beer dimensions of time, uh, batch, you know, one through five. I got to taste all these different variants of these, these sought after barrel aged beers that he's doing in these small batches for a small club. Uh, and making no money off of, which is totally crazy. But um, at the front half, I just want to let you know that you can, you're going to listen to this and you're going to want to try these. So uh, Warehouse Liquors in the South Loop is going to be hosting Brian for a little event uh, March 14th at 1 p.m. So I'd go and check that out. He's going to be pouring some ridiculous uh, beers and samples out for people. You can try this really sought-after awesome series. So during this podcast, we were we were actually talking. I uh, had Armando, who's the uh, beer buyer over there at Warehouse Liquors, sat in with this podcast with Brian. And we did it out of Brian's office in know at his home and we were talking about alex kid and don't drink beer you know who, who is don't drink beer and we we're kind of just talking about him and how armando and i we listen to the podcast that he does called malt couture which i would download that and start subscribing immediately to that if you're a beer nerd and uh we just found out that you know somebody they had potentially recorded an episode about a beer that he was brian was a part of which was four horsemen and he was kind of nervous about that and like you know what, what it would bring and then during the recording we noticed on like during while still recording we saw his instagram he did a story where he pulled out uh somebody had sent him a batch five of dimensions of time so it threw brian through a loop and we we were like reaching out to alex through instagram and just laughing that that during our recording about barclay brewing he was unboxing a dimensions of time five and if you've ever watched him unbox on instagram it's hilarious uh, but yeah, anyways, so we had that going on and we, we told some great stories. He's a, he's a dog lover. Uh, he has three beautiful pit bull mix, uh, dogs in the house and he's got a beer called a tale of two pities that he's doing with, a with another brewery. And, and it's a, like a cool little watercolor esque painting of the two dogs running through an open field together. And it's all uh, going to, to benefit, uh, some, some charity i believe at some point with the, the rescues and then also he just kind of wanted to immortalize his dog on a can uh so he tells the story i'll let him tell you the stories about the dogs and everything and the beer but it's just a wild a wild setup it's a wild like ambition that he has is a very unique mentality for not not having that that kind of thought where I want to quit what I'm doing now and, and make beer. It's more like I love what I'm doing right now as a real job, and then beer is like kind of a secondary passion to it. So I think you guys will find them just as unique. And, and just mind you, these beers are like 4.75s on untapped. These are super sought after. Alex Kidd himself said he paid 145 bucks on the secondary to get it, which Brian wants to immediately refund him and send him, you know, send him, uh, you know, the whole series so he can get the whole breadth of everything. But uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, just just a genuinely great guy. And again, same with uh, Armando. Just a just a sweetheart of a human being. A great beer buyer over at Warehouse Liquors in, in the South Loop. So yeah, check it out. And you can follow uh, them on, with Barclay Brewing on Instagram and all that. And then 
Armando, I think, is like underscore yellow bird underscore. Uh, you can check out some of the content he's creating. Just an awesome human being. So without further ado, here you go. actually live now all the good stuff we just talked about it's gone now we have to come up with all new conversation that's good we're it was just warm-up conversation we just did like a half an hour of like the best conversations <laughs> so <laughs> we are we are in what might as well be a podcast studio at this point right i mean yeah. it sort of looks like one it kind of felt like one when i walked in you have a whiteboard behind you and my first thought was uh, the mean jerk time from silicon valley if anybody oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, but, but there's something different going on here this is actually for my the job that makes me money your actual job yeah the actual uh-huh. job well this job maybe one day would, would create create money for you but you never know right yeah <laughs> I, yeah i don't know I'm, um that's actually kind of not an intent of mine which is which is phenomenal i mean it's way you're, you're gonna accidentally become rich doing this somehow um so so just just to spoil it we are in a we're in our, an office in your home because you don't have a space so tell them who you are and uh, and uh your I, I don't know i guess your brewery that's right um don't have an actual physical brewery uh for barclay brewing i'm brian the sort of owner i guess one <laughs> would call mean? it sort of owner i don't even know um it's it's not even a real thing um i was just homebrewing for a long time uh you know the standard pot on the stove and uh just happened to make a couple stouts that folks liked and um then it kind of just snowballed into collaborating with different brewers and and that's kind of what i've been doing Sense. And then we got a third on the mic here. What's up? What's up? Hey, man, How's it going? There it is. The douche. The douche. <laughs> tell us. Tell them. Tell them who you are. Hey, Say my hello. name is Armando. I work at Warehouse Liquors, a bottle shop in the South Loop of Chicago. Uh, I'm the beer buyer there, but I do a lot of stuff there. So the, the the like I said when when I walked in earlier and we we kind of started talking at first like I came in here completely unprepared by design not by laziness I swear I swear <laughs> just I wanted to not know so that way the questions would be more natural and uh, there's uh, not a lot of info out there anyways I, I, right that's what that's kind of what I was hoping too um, and you said like that's not a real thing almost you know like Brian yeah. Brian kind of alluded to like it's almost like not even a real thing he was home brewing so so first of all just because we did just say hi to Armando it's like so how do how do you two come come to be together here why 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 pick armando to sit down on the mic with you well number one he's awesome that's true i can't um, start how we him. met he also yeah, has a I ninja turtle shirt on and there's wait. like a freddy krueger-esque thing going on in your hat too dude those are like my two favorite things ever okay, always see? forever and, and and you said you just like turned like 33 so that would be like right in the wheelhouse right there that's like about that to age. turn 33 yeah, yeah. yeah. That's target audience target audience yeah, that's that age right there i man. was born the same week as dream warriors so you know <laughs> This is one of the things I love about him. When I first met him, uh, this is what he looked like exactly. Was like, oh, this guy, great. this guy is beer. <laughs> yeah, this is back. What, what year was this? Twenty fourteen? Thirteen? Yeah, I think it was 14, fourteen. Actually, I was um, closing a Saturday night at Warehouse Liquors, something I haven't done in a long time. Trying to eat my uh, my tofu curry. <laughs> That's right. You were trying to. That, was a, that, was, then a I flex. that <laughs> was a flex right there. I don't close and I eat tofu. It was extra what? spicy. Uh, then I saw this uh, this little dude filling a basket with a bunch of random like Allagash stuff. I'm like, thanks yeah. for the little dude. But I was going to say he just tossed it. He slid that in. <laughs> that, and I'm like, that uh, was shared by no one. We'll, we'll chalk that up to nervousness. Very large dude. With, the, with the mouthful. No, that was on purpose. Uh, 
Are you, you have any questions? He's like, ah, oh, no, I'm good. Actually, uh. is that his voice too? I like oh, this. God. This is like <laughs> he's like regretting. I'm regretting. Regretting it right Yeah, we, yeah. We just hit it off. Bought a bunch of beer, and then he was interested in doing a bottle share. He's like, I'm here to buy all the Allagash. <laughs> yeah. What was I looking for? Oh, I was looking for like a cool ship Allagash or something like that. Hell I, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Which something didn't that exist didn't in Chicago exist. at the time. Yeah. He's looking for some George T. Stag. <laughs> Not yeah. yet. He wasn't on bourbon the yet. Creepy bourbon, <laughs> the, the creepy bourbon underbelly of the uh, South Lobe bottle shop. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, then he invited me to his house for a small little share. Which was like the next week, wasn't it? Like we did Probably. A week it was later shortly and... after, yeah. What the hell did you say to him? that you, He was like, I'm going to invite well, this dude to a share. I, I, I'll tell you. I was just... We, we got to talking, and uh, at that time, I was really into uh, Abby St. Bonchin's... Uh, um, BFM, yeah, BFM. Oh, BFM, Abby St. Bonchens, and uh, he was like, "Oh, well, if you like that, maybe you'll like this." And um, he started, you know, we started talking about all this different stuff, and he starts pulling Bourbon County out of the back, some uh, Black Note, a couple other things. I was like, "Oh my God, this is this is incredible!" You know, at the time, like, this is the most old money conversation this podcast has ever started with. Probably, like that. probably. you guys are throwing out stuff there. Like, Back in 2014, <laughs> well, he, people liked we were, me. Me and Arano, when you walked down to get some beer, we were talking about like how much has changed. We never really started to flesh out the conversation, but how much the game has changed in the beer world and what people are looking for. It's like these huge little like you know time warps that happen over a year and two years. It's like 2010 or you know whatever 2008 to 2010, 2012 yeah. is like this one little era, and 2012 to 2014 is like this little era, and then all of a sudden like 15, 16, 17, 18 are all different. Like you know, yeah, it's kind of gotten sort of not great in my opinion, honestly. Well, I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. The beer, the people in the beer, or the way it's treated, or the you know the the. Yeah, amount that's, that's of layered, breweries. That's a layered statement. Yeah, there's it, a it lot to, to, to unpack when you it, get into that. And that was intentional, so we had something to talk about. We, we talked <laughs> oh, about all did, the good content in front. We didn't even finish, we didn't even finish the origin story, dude. We're like five that's minutes right. in. He's like, you guys don't have anything good to talk about. I can see that. I'm going to set something up here. He's a thinker. See, he's got a whiteboard. That's, I, that's the kind of guy that has a whiteboard knows that. See? Uh, well, to finish the orange, origin story uh, for Armando, on that share, I was... Um, it was fantastic. It was only three of us. Uh, my buddy Joe Steinkamp joined as well. And we probably split, I don't know, maybe 16 beers. And we're talking bombers to 750s between the three of us. So we were absolutely just hammered. And this guy, the very last <laughs> bottle that he brings out was a King Henry. Oh, stop it. And it's getting more old money as it we was keep going. Probably <laughs> one so of the best beers I've ever had in my life. It was just incredible. And I had to get on a flight to Boston at uh, 6 a.m., uh, that next morning, and I got sat in like the jump seat next to a crying oh, baby for that it. whole thing. It was, uh, it was just one of the most diabolical hangovers I've ever had, and it was compounded by that flight. <laughs> was there like food at the share? I mean, no, just, just no, I don't pounding, think no. we did pounding not big bottle. The funny thing is, like, you know, like people are, you know, you say something pop culture and they're like oh that's totally dating you you can like date your beer self by by saying like 750s and bombers yeah <laughs> like you, now you open up nothing but 750s and bombers and then also king henry so. i'm glad you t- differentiated the two yeah mm-hmm. yeah right well they're all bombers right no <laughs> one has 25.4 ounces of liquid in it and the other has 22 right so no i think it's interesting to kind of the way you can date like your your kind of venture into the beer world by talking about certain beers that you opened up or vehicles of that beer like how much has changed um but right now we can get into all that stuff but right now i guess i'm thinking about 
what the hell like what what the hell is this beer that you're giving me where's this coming from right okay i'm in yeah. i'm in your home right now yeah i didn't and, see any fermenters i didn't see any yeah, brew house and yet, i saw a stove there was a stove right <laughs> we're yet we're drinking from kegs uh, yeah, that are yeah. sitting in the yeah. back right now um yeah this is the dimensions of time series which is part of the black stave project club and um Kind of like I mentioned before, I'd been doing some collaboration beers with some breweries and essentially, you know, it was just like, hey, let's, you know, take a look at each other's recipe. Let's, you know, see how we can do your yours at scale. Um, every brewer I met, Sean Burns, um, Aaron Hansen, Ooh. yeah, oh. uh, you know, all these guys were so super like just open to ha- saying like, hey, let's see what your recipe looks like at scale. Um, I really I really liked that like openness, um, from, from these folks. And I, I'm not one of these protective folks either. I'm like, Hey, here's the recipe. Do you like it? Do you not? Like, let's, let's fuck with it. See what happens, you know? Um, so I started, I brewed a couple times with Sean and I I started getting this idea of like, I I kept getting hit up by people like, Hey, I want to try your beer. I want to try your beer. Like I can only do 50 bottles at a time. Like this is just not scalable at all yet. Um, I don't have any desire to do this every day of my life. Um, it's just more of a hobby and something I want to do for fun. Sean said, like, why don't you do a club? I think, I think it was Sean's idea actually. So why don't you do a club and you can, isn't that fitting that they have a membership program now? I know, I know. Phase three folk. Uh, I feel like you're, you're fast forwarding way through this. So, so let's talk about like back, back when, so you you were homebrewing a little bit and just playing around. Like how long, how long you been doing that? Just. Uh, like when you get a Mr. Beer kit at some point in your life or, or, or that, it pretty close. Um, I had my first introduction to anything homebrewed. My uncle used to make cider and I remember, um, you know, Christmas time he'd bring out all his cider bottles. I mean, and this was like the real deal bathtub gin style stuff. It was, uh, it was awful. But it was fun because it was something that, you know, he had, he had made. So it was kind of my first exposure to it. And then um, fast forward, I moved from New York City, lived there for 10 years, uh, moved here in 2011. And 2013, a buddy of mine who also had been living in New York City at the time had moved to Chicago. And he's like, hey, I got this beer kit and all this equipment for like a present or something like that he said i'm gonna come over you want to brew i was like yeah let's do it let's why not i'm like, gonna ruin your stove let's <laughs> yeah. go i was like let's i might as well make what's killing me you know so um we we did an apa and uh it was a kit and it turned out great it was like wow this tastes good and i got drunk you know <laughs> success the only two <laughs> values that need to be met exactly so we we did it again and um that the second time that we we brewed that apa i i i'm the type of guy that goes like all the way to the extreme right out of the gate you know we were talking a little bit earlier about you know i do some triathlons the first triathlon i ever did was an iron man i didn't even bother with anything leading up to that that's I that's have just, so many things I want to unpack with you right now, and I'm trying <laughs> not to jump in on you. Just keep going. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's kind of like my personality is I go all the way to the the best, the end, the end goal, and I and I start there. Um, like your trip to Belgium? Exactly. I brought home like 150 beers from my first Stop. trip to Belgium. But uh, <laughs> Is there like an antique Stratocaster in this room that I'm not seeing? In the closet. In I was going to say, that was probably, I see guitars, so I'm guessing you went right to the end on that one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's just kind of it, and and so like, and I, I, you know, my job and what I do for a living is more on the creative side, 
And I, so I start thinking about all the different things I can do. And here we are, second beer ever, and we're brewing this APA, and it hits me. I'm like, this, there's a lot of melon in, in the flavor of this APA that we have. Um, and it's the same exact kit we're doing. I'm like, you know what goes real well with melon is basil. And I ran upstairs, and I had a basil on my deck, and I cut off the stalk, couple stalks of basil. And the last 15 minutes of the boil, put the basil in, in the APA, and it was fucking phenomenal. With no, like prior knowledge of like nothing any intent like oh this is better in the boil or during flame out or whirlpool like you're just like nothing let's do it now <laughs> i was just like we got 15 minutes left in this boil let's see what happens and we put it in there for 15 minutes it hit every note i would have expected and that like that right there was like i need to experiment i don't even want to bother with like the basics which is right, again right. part of my personality and i just started experimenting and the next several beers that we did were um or what if we add coriander to this saison? What if we order, you know, it, it got less about what the base beer we were brewing and what f- outcome we were looking for. At this point, are you still playing around with extracts or are you already like full bore, all grain? Oh, yeah. Like... Yeah. I mean, by the by about the fourth or fifth brew, we, we went all grain. Uh-huh. Um, just, you know, we were in this, you know, eh, what's purity? Purists do this, purists do that. I think it's all a bunch of hogwash, honestly. Yeah. But like... Um, play with what tastes good. Like, yeah, I mean, if you gotta add something to your beer to get it what your outcome you're looking for, then do it. But, by all means, please yeah, add that. Exactly. Um, do you uh, do what's what's the time frame on that? Like we look, we're talking like, what, 20, like a year, twenty twelve. Like oh, what, I'm sorry, twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen or so. Okay, yeah. this is pre Armando time. Pre Armando. <laughs> it's like leading like right up to meeting Armando. As a matter of fact, okay. I, I was homebrewing before him. He was. <laughs> Very good stuff, too. Like, I oh, wish he wouldn't have stopped, to be my, honest. My first batch ever was all grain. Oh, no shit. So I, I don't brew anymore. Solo? Like, were you doing it solo, all grain? Damn. Yeah. See, that's a whole other undertaking. Well, right I there. did brew in a bag, so it's a little more manageable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Small little electric stove in a tiny apartment. He was doing kettle souring, like all kinds of great stuff that was like beyond my grasp. I didn't want to like infect my whole apartment, but you he weren't was like, there yet. fuck it, let's get into this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. His stuff was great. I I, I appreciate it. And liked all of it. I wish he wouldn't have stopped. I had a I had a child, but and that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Babies, whatever. They like beer too, man. <laughs> so, anyways, you're 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 doing the you're doing these kits, and then boom, you shot out of a cannon. You're like, all right, I want to kind of buck the buck Whoa. the the directions. We're going to want all grain. I want to I want to kind of riff on something rather than rather than just follow the directions yeah i i had um the very last kit that i brewed was a bourbon stout and it, bourbon it was stout. It, <laughs> like the, oak spirals like, or something or oak like chips, oak cubes yeah. oak chips um bourbon soaked oak chips and uh it turned out really well um and you can't i mean it's really kind of hard to mess those up um so it, it turned out really well and i served it to a few people and they're like wow this is this is good and i thought okay and like right about that time was my first bourbon county experience jesse valencia actually the mambecue over at goose island or i gotta give some love to jesse he's got to come up a couple times jesse yeah. got me tickets to stout fest once and then also 
guys over at Cruz Blanco, Jake Sombrano, uh, gave him a shout out. He said that uh, that Jesse actually drugged him one night. Just overfed him bourbon is what he meant by that. He didn't mean <laughs> he didn't mean drugged him, but but yeah. Then Jake fell down in his front yard. It was all kinds of things happening. Oh, yeah. Je- Jesse's been been he, mentioned on the podcast a couple times. He's a facilitator of a uh, good time. Jesse's awesome. Love him. Uh, he's one of my favorite people. But yeah, he we I was doing some. Uh, I was helping. There was this bar downtown in Chicago called Pazos. And I was helping them out with their beer program, and he showed up. It's 2013. And he gave me a 13 coffee or a 12 coffee or something like that. Gave me a couple of bourbon counties. And, and that just like, it was like, what? <laughs> what is this? Well, people are into those. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my naivety, new money, man, might have called me back then. Um, I was like, well, where do I get this? You know, I just go to the store, right? And grab it. Yeah. And These uh, are available, right? Yeah. Totally. And everybody not, was like, a, not, at that t- not at that year. Uh-huh. Not at that year. 2010, yeah. And so I, this guy might even said, well, you're going to have to like wait in line overnight. And I was like, what? And I'm like, fuck that. So, uh, you know, that's right when I started getting into the trading scene as well. So I started trading for Bourbon County and went bananas on it. And my goal was like, I just had this, I said, I'm, there's no way I'm spending an overnight out in the freezing cold in November in Chicago waiting for fucking beer. So I'm going to just figure out how to make this myself. And that was what started it all. That's funny. That's the difference between me and you. Because I was like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> you're like, fuck that. I'm going to make it myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I just quite literally started going to every Bourbon County speaking event that I could. And, and they had different brand ambassadors who would, would talk about different parts of the process. And I would just take notes sort of what furiously. Is this, like stuff at Goose? or like Yeah. Just... Well, no. They go like you, you know, they'd have like events that post up be like oh it okay. what was that sandwich shop up on division stan stan no nope you're looking uh, at the Stanley. wrong guy you're looking at the wrong uh, guy there was any this great, chicago uh i'm land, terrible with landmarks. names i'm terrible with names and stuff but there's this really jimmy great... johns yeah no Subway. not jimmy Subway. johns obviously but um quiznos that... <laughs> are they still around <laughs> not sure jersey mike's was in the game at that time i don't know anymore. yeah so yeah, they had an event there one night, and he t- there's a guy who knew all about the origins of how um, the first Bourbon County was made, and I just took furious notes on it, and um, then I started talking. I was pretty close with Phil and Emily over at Perennial, just from spending time down there and doing work at Pazos. So I just you know tap uh, Phil's brain a little bit about you know what do you what do you do here, what do you do there. And, and honestly, just getting tips and stuff. And I was always very forthcoming with all, all my recipes and process and stuff like that. Was it Jerry Sandwiches? Jerry Sandwiches. How great was that? Did you just go Google machine on that? I knew it was a J. That's why I said Jimmy John's as a yeah. joke. But uh, yeah. Jerry yeah. Sandwiches. That place was good. Is it still around? I don't think so. Oh, man. That was great. They had great beer. And One of my former Jerry's Winnie City reps was, uh, used to be the bar manager there. Oh, oh shit. nice! Well, yeah. I'm glad we got to. What, so, what was the the tie-in with it? Was it, they were just doing that, an event there, and that, that was the first Bourbon County sort of explanation event I ever went to, and I went to like three or four of them. And so what kind one, of information did they give you on the, in those? Like, like so something like that. The what the the one I got the most information from. Sorry, uh, was oh, that the. Was me. That was me. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure you got all the slack you can get. <laughs> Stop messing it up. It sounded sexual. Yeah. Um. That was the first one where I, I really kind of grasped this concept, which seems completely obvious now that um, more sugar in beer is like a better thing. <laughs> um, because the guy was talking about the origins of how the first 
Bourbon County was made, and it was like this double boil. I think he talked something like that. I don't know. Yeah, he yeah. just like boiled it down almost into extract and then like fermented it. And uh, he was just experimenting with this because he was trying to find this recipe to go into bourbon barrels. And he said it was like the fermenter was like hopping around the room. It was like so vicious. You know, <laughs> I, I'm sure that was a dramatization, but um, sexy. Yeah, I just, I went, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So then it became my like goal to how much sugar could I get into, you know, residual sugars for fermenting. Could I get into a, a boil, you know? Um, and, and then that's what 24 I 24 hour boil. <laughs> my first boil on a five gallon on the stove at that doing that, I, I actually had to add water to it because I got it too far. She, she was all three C's. She I was, I was at like, Thick. Yes, I was at like, I don't know, 38 or 39 Play-Doh on the stove. On that's like 39 that. C's that's, for you all listening. That's all the 39 yes. C's right yeah. there. What's crazy right now? Like 16 Play-Doh? Like that's got to be that. Like that's, oh, no, that's, no. That's, I think that's the goal now is to get some of those up to around, you know, 35, 36, 37. Oh, Jesus Christ. So you see some of those bigger beers. So that's a target. Um, I don't know how much sense it really makes. Um <laughs> but you know that's just where it is now i remember walking in i i took a really like sort of terrible belgian stout i'd made it, it was actually my first barrel aged stout um it wasn't that great it, i tried to remake a braxis and um because again i didn't couldn't get it so i thought well yeah. i'll just make it and uh i took it down to Corey king and do you I, have do you have a St. Louis tie? Because I know you mentioned oh, perennial, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know you're mentioning. Uh, he jumped in New York. He just freaking uh, name dropped Corey King too. I just cut that out. Yeah. He's like, hey, Corey, what's up? <laughs> well, I, I'm from St. Can you Louis. You call originally. Corey and tell him tell him he should do a podcast. Uh, anyway, no, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. Um, I'm from St. Louis originally, so oh, okay. Um, I'm actually, so you were in New York for a little while. Yeah, post college, ten years um, in New York, and then uh, here, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I took my beer down. I was like, hey, Corey, you want to try this? And he's just like, hot, hot, hot. It's kind of the, the three descriptors. He's like, a lot of booze, a lot of barrel, and a lot of, like, cinnamon or peppers or something like that. And I was like, oh, well, you know, okay, you know, give me, what, 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 what can I do? And I just started talking about, like, what yeast I used. I used some, like, Belgian um, Trappist, high-gravity Trappist yeast or something like that. He's like, oh, you didn't tell me this was a Belgian stout. And I was like, yeast matters now this would have helped if i read a couple books or i actually went to school for this or something like that but it was just kind of like this trial and error sort of thing yeah just having fun with it trying to play yeah but then brian barclay but to bring it back he he said well what was your you know what was your og or your play-doh on it and i said i well i got this up to you know 35 play-doh or something like that he's like impossible and now and now I think uh erroneous. Yeah. I think most of his beers are probably above that um mm-hmm. at, at that at that point. But yeah. That's life now. It's a side project. Uh, yeah. So I mean so where where'd that relationship come from? I mean, I know you said you grew up in St. Louis, but how did how did you have the access to just go talk to Corey King about your stout? Um Brian's <laughs> charismatic as fuck. Yeah. I already noticed. <laughs> I, I don't know about <laughs> that, but um it was doing the work with Perennial um, and Pazos. Perennial was, you know, one of my favorite, uh, is still one of my favorite breweries. And uh, I wanted to help Pazos, as my friend's bar, get like a good craft beer scene. Very selfishly because it was close to my apartment. Yeah. So on my way home from work, yeah. I wanted to be able to pop in and drink great beer whenever I wanted to. 
So um, I got really close with Phil and Emily at this point in time because we were just we were buying a ton of perennial. We had them four tap heads just were rolling through mm-hmm. their stuff. So um, I started making trips down there, and uh, the first time I met Corey was at a perennial anniversary party that I had an, got an invite to from from Phil and Emily, and um, we just talked for a few minutes. and And Corey's just a just a sweetheart guy, uh, happy to just take the time to chat with you about stuff, answer questions. Um, so I've always, honestly, you know, I think most brewers would say this, he's kind of like the benchmark, you know, that's, you, you strive to do the, the kind of work that he's doing or what Hill Farmstead or Sante Darius are. Usually, yeah, it's usually Sean and Sean Hill or, yeah, yeah. Or Corey that, that usually come up when it comes to like, man, that's, kind of where you want to be yeah yeah so i've i've you know i think most brewers probably would admit to just you know that's what you're chasing right you want to do your own thing and you want to have your own uniqueness but you know sometimes you have to understand what those folks are doing to be able to get the enough information to figure out what you want to do right so so that's kind of it so you 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 kind of just said hey check this out this is what i'm doing yeah so so you you find out their yeast matters and then, then what do you take out of that um, <laughs> I went to this crazy yeast because my sugar content was getting so high. Um, I, I started experimenting with, uh, Tennessee whiskey yeast, which I actually really love, but it is a kill. Like if you don't moderate it really well, it will just eviscerate the beer and turn it into like roasty vodka. Um, I had that happen about five out of uh, many times, 15 <laughs> times or something like that. And it was just dumping it down the drain. Um, but so yeah, I learned that yeast mattered. But as I you know started brewing more beers and and doing more barrel aging, you know again I I don't want to you know harp on too much, but I just take it down to St. Louis when I was visiting family and hey Corey try this you know and he'd give me a little feedback on it and hey try this one, and there was one I went to Zwanzi in 2016 and gave him my vanilla heritage and he was like wow this is one of the better vanilla stouts I've had BA vanilla stouts I had and. Uh, that was my, that was my, I couldn't have come down off that high, you know, of hearing that from, you know, the, the king himself, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you would have to be, you'd have to be crazy to not, like, have a little excitement on your face for oh, that. Yeah. It'd be hard to play poker face with that one. I'm like, it, yeah, it, I thought so, too. It, it <laughs> was, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely probably giggled like a schoolgirl when <laughs> he said that, so. Understandable. Totally understandable. So, so kind of. Just basing off of everything that you've been saying now, it makes me want to uh, take back, take back a little bit, uh, rewind a little bit, and say, "All right, so what? What the hell have you been doing then? See, St. Louis, New York, college, all you know. You, you did college in St. Louis, then mm-hmm. went yeah. to New York for ten years. So, what? What is your day job? My like, day job is um, I'm the head of product design for this company here called Trunk Club." Not to be confused with Trump Club, but Stop. Trunk Club. Um, so I, I basically oversee a team of software designers, uh, product designers. We do research, um, we functionality, writing briefs, understanding product problems, and then we create solutions to those product problems and then uh, partner with engineers to build and ship those products. And I love that, and I don't think that that'll ever be something that I stop doing. Um, so I hear it a lot like, Oh, open your own brewery. You'll do so great. Like, yeah, maybe, but that's not really where my like true passion is. And it's a passion, but it's not like my main, my main passion. It's so counter to what 
people think about in this industry and, and especially anybody who listens to this podcast regularly, it's like all these stories revolve around like these jobs that you don't, not that you don't care about them, but maybe they're not what you picture yourself doing for 30, 40 years. And then you're like, well, I can brew some beer. Let's go. You know, like I love beer. And then that passion is number one. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting story. Just to, your, your whole kind of thought process in general uh, to hear that, I think it's gonna be counterintuitive for anybody to be able to hear you say like, "This is my number one passion," and then beer is like this thing I have a lot of passion about, and I like to make it, but I don't want to make it my full time life focus. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm a musician as well. I have a band. I've been playing in bands for years. I was signed to um, a record label that was a subsidiary, Universal Music. I've toured around everywhere, played for thousands of people. That's a passion I have, but it's not primary. Um, you know, I'm an athlete as well. Love doing triathlons. I compete in three or four a year, um, everything from sprints to Ironman, and that's a passion of mine too. But it's, again, not primary. I haven't pitched this to anyone in ninety plus episodes, but you should have your own podcast too. Uh. I feel like you might need to start a podcast at some point. Not that you have time for it, but if you ever found time for it, you should do it. You have the setup. You're ready to go. Like, that- I feel this like you true. know some interesting people. You've seen some, you've done some interesting things, and it's not your only passion. Is not just beer. So yeah, yeah, it'd be, it'd be something to think about. Yeah, so, I, I kind of think though, if I did have like a primary passion for beer, I might not be so creative with it. I think sometimes when you get into the like, pe- people ask me what I love about brewing, and and honestly, I don't really love the the first half of it. It's the monotony of mashing and graining out boiling getting in the fermenter all that is like it's great and there's a part of me that does appreciate that kind of work um and it's an obviously incredibly important work i'm more interested in the artistry of like post fermentation barrels like what can this this very standard recipe that gives you this the same exact thing if you do it right over and over again actually do in a variety of you know um experiments you know whether it be different types of barrels or with an adjunct or something that's where i'm truly like my passion for it lies that's where the excitement comes comes to you yeah yeah so i think the main thing at this point where where we've gotten to so far in the conversation and my people that are going to listen to this are going to be wondering like okay so where is this beer happening i know you kind of glossed over saying like you know you did some collaborations and some things but but like this beer, how is it? Where is it available? Like, how do how do you get it? When are you making it? Where are you making it? Where are you getting these barrels from? Like, where are these barrels stored at? Yeah, know, yeah. For the nine to twelve, whatever months that you want to put, you know, put that that dark liquid in. Yeah. Well, I'd love to pass the mic here to Armando because he is the person who gives me all of my barrels, and I think that, <laughs> frankly speaking, without his barrels, the beers probably wouldn't be as successful as they are, um, and they come from gene but i will let him speak to him a little bit because i think this is again when i talk about the fascinating part for me this is the fascinating part the barrels are what get you excited yeah yeah (laughs) hey armando's back what's up guys uh so yeah warehouse liquors uh i'm the beer buyer but we are most widely known as a whiskey store whether it be scotch or bourbon and one thing we specialize in is picking our own single barrels of spirits. So either the boss will go down to Kentucky or we'll get samples sent to us and we'll go through different samples blindly, picking out what we feel is the best spirit. And if there's something we don't like, we'll reject it. But what we go through, uh, we focus on the wood element of the spirit. 
which you'll get in the finish. So tannins are a huge part of that. So um, we are self, we call ourselves tannin phobes, I would say. So like we look for flaws in wood. We go through first picking out flaws. And then once we eliminate all those, we'll pick through what we like. But the good thing about this, so we'll commit to buying everything that comes out of the barrel, but they'll send the freshly empty barrel to us. And we used to line our store with them as trophies, which are still (laughs) there. But as a small little shop, we ran out of room. So we're like, well, we got to start doing some collaborations with local breweries. And that yeah. was you that made that comment, right? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Little well, brainchild. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little brainchild. A <laughs> little selfish. Like, yeah, we could get our own barrel aged beer. Yeah. And yeah, Brian came into play there. You told me what 2012 you started there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just just got a job at warehouse. Yeah. I was that work. is like you. You might as well be like a 90 year old man in in the beer Probably, world. Probably. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Got a. I was. Was I out of college? That's like dog years. I was out of college. Yeah, I was working at Starbucks and I took Warehouse as a part-time job because I wanted to get in the industry with the goal of working at a brewery, which never happened, but I fell in love with the brewing industry in general and then became a beer buyer. And Well, now you're making me feel like I have to start a brewery it's so I can give you a job at a brewery and fulfill your lifelong goal. <laughs> well, I don't, He's I don't, like, no, that goal has changed now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've no, seen that, the underbelly. That's I don't not my want passion. Be, yeah. He's right, seen good. the underbelly Thank now. Thank you. Yeah, he's been snapping pictures all day. So you that's his you could hire me yeah. as a content creator. There it is. All right, there it there is. It is. <laughs> For all your content creation uh-huh. needs. That's right. Dude, I can line up an action figure next to a beer all day, dude. So I've seen it. Dude. <laughs> Freaking kills it. <laughs> kills it. <laughs> that's my passion, bro. Remember, remember when I came in? You're so deep. That is your passion. Remember when I came in at 8 o'clock in the morning and did a, uh, as Gene calls it, breakfast whiskey, but we picked a couple Weller barrels that morning? Oh, yeah. Your pellets freshest in the morning. Oh, man. That was so much fun. Yeah. This yeah. is the knowledge I want to hear about. So, yeah. yeah. yeah you, Take yeah. us behind the curtain a little bit. So what, what, break, Now, go deeper on everything he just said. Brian walked in. And Gina, <laughs> okay. All right. Gene and I were... He's not taking this serious. Uh, G- <laughs> Brian got there probably right before I got there. Because I started yeah. like around 8.15 Just in the morning. in the parking lot looking at his watch. Yeah, like, I know people are, are like, 8.15, why is I that so drink early? I want to my whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, yeah, Gene, and Gene was setting up. I think we had three samples to pick our own barrel of Weller. And Brian walked in and Gene's like, oh, this would be fun for to have you involved. Cause yeah. So Gene and I got to, we, I think that we're close as a customer. Did we say who Gene was? Oh. I, don't, I feel Gene, like we, Gene's my boss. Gene's he's, your boss. Yeah. He's, he's the owner of Warehouse Liquors. Yes. Yeah, he's okay. yeah. Gene, Gene deserves an introduction. He yeah, is. Gene, Gene is the man behind the whiskey and the barrels. If it yeah. wasn't for him, the store wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, none of this would have. I, I, I been go. Where it is. I go around, and I probably falsely claim this, but I believe it to be true that he is the best barrel picker in the world. I don't know if that's a fact, but it's a fact. Well, it's hard to fact check it, but I like, I like the, I still, I am super biased, but I will agree with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's an eccentric for sure. That's what I love about him. Yeah. He turns a lot of people off. (laughs) You, you, but you kind of have to in this industry and this day of age where there's more people than bottles. Is this, is that, uh, is that his only venture? Is that, or does he own other? Yeah, it's his only this store. It. It's his passion. He works there seven days a week. He takes one week vacation every four years. Oh, stop! And yeah, he he, he gets there about five a.m. every day. Amazing. Yeah, he. Um, I I'm into whiskey now because of Gene. I, I you know, came in to see this guy, uh, and I would come in relatively often. I le- I used to live down in the South Loop. 
Yeah, um, we don't see you anymore. So yeah, Fuck so my damn shame. God damn it. I, true story. I don't have a car, <laughs> and I have not had a car since 2003. So I'm just damn. on my bike all the time, That's and amazing. I w- would ride by Warehouse Liquors every morning, um, and then subsequently every evening. And uh, I just got to popping in to say hello to him. I come in on the weekends or whatever. I met Gene, and and I, I think one day Gene was like, "Hey, you know, why don't you give him some whiskey to sample?" Well, yeah, you're curious about barrel aging. Like, why not learn? where the barrel came from yeah and that's what gene is really good at is kind of pulling out those sorts of things from folks it's like hey you know you you have this really sort of complex palette for beer why don't you try whiskey and i thought oh god no whiskey what, what could possibly be interesting about whiskey mm-hmm. and now i absolutely love it like he and and he's really good and i'd recommend like if you're truly serious about it not just a you know hype bottle mm-hmm. bourbon shitlord kind of yeah, person yeah exactly if you really just want to get an understanding of it gene will give you the time if your intent is like pure and true and and at the time after i tasted what he wanted me to taste um and thought that i should taste and that's what's interesting about gene is he kind of gets a feel for you right away and he knows what would be good for your palate and what would how you grow into the whiskey so if you're if you're, if you're really interested about understanding your palate and and your senses and things like that gene can absolutely help but if you're an asshole or after something else then he'll see right through you immediately and you'll get yourself banned from the bottle shop but what about secondary value bro yeah uh, that's it yeah ever catch you flip for flip something, that I'm something never drink forget it you're banned for life uh, we have a whole fleet of mules out there that screenshot anything south secondary from our barrel picks yep so i uh, but best use of mules in the we know who you are world. yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, so how could somebody who's trying to make really great barrel-aged beer, um, uh, very selfishly for my own consumption so that I don't have to chase it down, like how could I pass up these barrels, which, number one, I've, I've tasted the spirit from it myself and own the bottles that are on my shelf, um, and have an intimate explanation of it and intimate relationship with that whiskey and being able to, like, put a beer in there and create a beer for that barrel. That was like the next sort of evolution is like, Hey, I've got these barrels. Well, what type of beer should I make for those barrels? Oh shit! So it, it, it starts to just snowball a little bit. And I still don't have an under, like a massive understanding of a lot of some of the things that I bet my um, very professional and esteemed sort of colleagues um, do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably pretty illiterate in a lot of those technical scientific things that some of these brewers know hey um, brian what does thp stand for tetrahydropyridine oh yeah there you go there see you go. like it takes me a minute to saying. go it takes me a minute to kind of figure these things out yeah, sir, see? can you give me a reasoning behind why you even just said that do you ever have like a kettle <laughs> sour that's like really grainy or bitter or like cheerio-esque on the finish yeah. that's thp yeah. okay see yeah. Like it's that? a it's a off flavor. I don't fuck with that. I'm it's very sensitive like, to it. I hate it. It's usually like I nail polish it. remover for me. Okay. It's like okay. Kettle okay. Sours. Yeah. 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 But yeah. like I was saying earlier with uh, barrel picking, we focus on the wood, like quality of wood. So if you're getting barrels from us, like Brian has, like you're confident that the wood's going to do well and not going to go sour aging a beer. Because yeah. every so barrel, what's the, what's what are the value system that goes into the wood? I mean, where are you guys ranking those attributes of the wood? How are you picking that? Are you saying well, like, it's, it's all not everything f- just oak? Like you know, it's just oak. Well, right? it's all oak, but it's all in the right. finish. Like every barrel is a snowflake. We've had we've picked two different barrels at the same time of Russell's Reserve that were 
are still at the same time, aged together in the same warehouse right next to each other. And one was like super sweet and soft. The other one was super spicy and like aggressive. But like one fucking Cooper was like a dickhead and he sucked <laughs> at doing his job. And the other Cooper was like a badass. And just no, like, it's just woods, like an organic living thing. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. never going to be the same. And you can't imagine that each one of those staves came from the same tree, right? Uh, one of the whiskeys, it's my favorite. And it may sound um, like, uh, like I don't know what I'm talking about. But like Gene goes down to Maker's Mark every year and picks staves you know whether it be french oak or this or that american oak whatever and he builds a barrel of staves different wood around a recipe that he works with the um so brewer gene might be a little crazy it's essentially blending right. it's in blending a good, in a good way he's wood blending <laughs> he's wood blending. I, I said he was a sec- never heard of this this is amazing he's like, eccentric this is, so yeah. this is information that a lot of people probably should have and a lot of breweries that are currently existing don't really have that luxury of doing those kind of things or or even the thought to do those kind of things you know they're like hey you got some empty heaven hills that are some fresh juice you know jump yeah. dumped out of them let's go well that's another thing that i think is interesting about what i'm doing is that it's at such a small scale that i i can take this opportunity to do these very interesting barrels and and that and as a matter of fact all the barrels that he gives me in some respects, I can't fill them all because I don't have enough time to make enough to fill the barrels. But do you have a thousand bottle release coming up? I don't. <laughs> I know I, you don't. I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like there's that balance where it's like these things could be applied to other things, but they're just almost not feasible. They're not feasible. So like you're saying like it, it, it's this kind of cool, like storm that you're caught in. Like, you're not really that concerned about it as in like, well, I have to do this. This is my passion. I want to do this yeah. forever. Like, But you have the time and the kind of focus and the right people obviously around you to make these things possible and kind of give people some unique and innovative versions of the things that everybody wants right now. Totally. And and it's a unique position to be in that. Is a, I'm afforded that. A lot of brewers don't. To your point, I don't have a, a bottom line or a staff or something. I don't have to hit any numbers at all. As a matter of fact, to this date, to right now, I've never received a nickel for anything that I've done. Um, Weird. So um, I just want to make that known. I do this mostly um, out of just, A, a selfish reason of me wanting to have great beer around that, um, you know, I made. It's funny, though. I get sick of it, uh, even though it's great. Like, everybody's like, oh, this is great. You drink this forever. No, it gets... Well, yeah, when you have six barrels of it just, you know, <laughs> yeah, like gets... coming out of your ears... Yeah. I mean, what did you pour for us first? The the first one that we had was Dimensions. Uh, Dimensions of Time One, which is just the base beer. Just the base beer, which yeah. was crazy because I could have tasted four adjuncts in it. You know, and yeah. it's like it's those kind of like feel of a quality uh, beer. It's totally my favorite beer. And, that wood uh, adjunct is is the most important, obviously. But you think this guy sitting to my right? I don't. You think said that... it was three barrels. I made that one up. Yeah, three. What I... were the barrels? You said the best barrels, yeah. right? The best he did, he, did, uh, he did say that. I well, heard that. Well, that's another key. When you're when you're aging beer in a barrel, you need to keep tasting so, and decide what you're going to do with it. You can't just put it all together. It's also fun to look at that glass and then that glass and see the legs on that with the vanilla and the yeah. just, you know. Anyways, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. So the three barrels, I, I can't remember which ones they were now. I believe it was one of the Weller barrels you gave me. Um, I think it was an Elijah Craig and... 
it might have been an eagle rare. It might have been those three that were the top. But I was surprised because the 1792 I thought that I got, which was his first full proof 1792 store pick. I thought that barrel would have been the one that was my favorite, but it's it turned murderous. Out, just like, yeah, it whoa. turned out it. This is one of those things where you're, you know this is where it gets fun. It's like I had like I was in love with this whiskey. I was in love with this barrel, and I thought it would make the best uh, BA stout, and then it actually didn't. It went into one of the blends that had more adjuncts because it just didn't do what I was expecting it to do. So it's kind of interesting. As a base, it's a sweeter, softer whiskey, so that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, see, look at that. See, look see how it comes around. That's, That's why I keep him here. That's crazy. I like I like the kind of rapport that you guys are working with. But so so let's go back and I I threw out a bunch of shit one after another a minute a few minutes ago. Like so where where are you brewing this at? Where is the boil happening? Where yeah. is this? So I, I, I I'm in a definitive moment of time now where we're we're moving into the second phase because this was sort of su- successful. So I'll talk about pre and then I'll talk about yes. post. Yes. Let's talk um, about the journey actually because that's my favorite part. Yeah. So, so again, I kind of explained the journey of like how I got into to doing this, and then the first couple of collaborations I did were um, with Sean, and uh, then those never happened because he left Ram and then he left more. So these were Ram and more days. Okay. They were, they were. And, uh, so they, I don't know how they turned out. Um, they're somewhere. And, they're in a henna somewhere. They're in a henna somewhere. They're in a chaos and a henna somewhere. It's true. Henna and batch one. Uh-huh. It, it might be, I don't know. Or, uh, that was all warehouse. W- what I do know is that, uh, it was some guy was kind of cheeky online i posted some pictures of me doing this collaboration at phase three and he's like oh great now sean's gonna have to like leave his own company now that you bre- like they don't want me brewing with him at all uh another beer that's never gonna see the light of day right right so uh so so i did that for a little bit and then i went out and uh to this brewery in michigan ellison uh brewing and spirits aaron hansen's the owner and i got connected to him through a mutual friend um and I just I went out there for just a weekend of hanging out and and sharing my beer and doing a bottle share with a bunch of Michigan guys and it was great. Met Aaron, told sweetheart. Um, although he's he can be a little tough at times, but it's, you know he's going to run some business, right? That's his that's his thing. But uh, he's told just awesome, open to doing collaborations. He said, "Let's do a stout." He said, "I love this. I love legacy. I gave him legacy. I gave him heritage. My my first sort of bigger home brews." And I said, let's do it. So I, I went out there and, and we made a we made a batch and then put that into barrels, jeans barrels. Um, buddy Thanks, of mine, Gene. Dave Watkins from St. Louis, he went up after me and brewed a stout with him and put that in barrels. And then Aaron brewed his own. And uh, mine sat in barrels for 30 months. So it was 30 months ago to, from January. Dave's was like 26 and Aaron's was 20. And we blended that into a beer, which I have chilling Jesus. downstairs to share with you. Oh, stop it's it. It's called the Four That's, Horsemen. You're freaking me out right now. Is that uh, a, it's really good. It's, yeah. an, it's an incredible beer. Um, sounds very casual, Louise. <laughs> it's really good. It is. It's really good. Especially if you like whiskey and barrel. Like, uh, like ham and cheese is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really good. So this is like better than ham and cheese? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, like it's I'm really vegetarian, good. so that might oh, okay. be... 
not it's a tofu not something a good, else. Yeah, I don't no, know. How about tofu curry? curry? Tofu curry. Let's bring See, it all. Tofu curry is around. pretty fucking bomb, though. It so, depends where you get it from. So, that, I mean, that, that's not normal, right? I mean, most people are like nine months, 12 months, 14 months, and then we're going to give you this really special, like, 20-month. Like, Well, I, I think the succession of what happened after that really just kind of kept pushing this to the back burner. It, okay. Yeah, so after we did this... Um, I went back up to taste barrels and, and just hang out for a weekend. And I don't know, I think it was brewed something else, just fun IPA or something like that. And, um, I, I was, a I was a little bit down because Sean had just started it more. He had kind of said, Hey, you know, maybe you can do your club thing here. Um, and it just turned out that they didn't have enough room to be able to do it. Right. So I was kind of a little bit sulky and like, uh, <laughs> how am I ever going to get my beer in everybody's hands? You know? Um, and Aaron was like, fuck it, dude, do it here. I got plenty of space. Don't worry about it. I'm like, seriously. So we did a little handshake deal right there and, um, committed to it and posted it up. Uh, so black stave project, it sold out in like four hours. It was crazy. It was just crazy. I didn't realize that I had that much. And just, just for Aaron, uh, I've had a few barrel aged Ellison beers. They're making, they're, some, they're making some damn good products out there. Right? Yeah, they are. Um, you know, he, he's he been, he, he's another, uh, you should do a podcast with him. Cause I'd his, love to. Aaron, his, if you're listening. <laughs> I, I can set that up for you. His journey to brewing was another very unique one. He, he opened a brewery, I think, before he ever brewed a beer. Um, it was just kind of this, he was uh, doing, so crazy. Uh, I think he was, I don't know if he was working in, um, automotive engineering he's an engineer by trade uh and then he went into the military or he went in the military first and then went into engineering i think he got kind of tired of engineering and, and just said i want i want to do my own thing i'm gonna start a brewery and uh as the story goes our friend that had connected us his name is jr um i guess he went in there as in his hometown he went in and this guy you know, Aaron's standing behind the bar and he serves JR beer and JR's pretty used to be a pretty big deal in the, the beer world. And uh unbeknownst to Aaron, and Aaron says, Well, what do you think? And I think JR said something like, This beer is fucking terrible. <laughs> and at that point, like I, I think Aaron is the kind of guy that values that sort of direct honesty. He doesn't want to beat around the bush. Um, I th- and I think you get that from most brewers. Sean is the same way. He wants you to tell you if you don't like it. No, he wants me to tickle his balls. That's what uh, he wants. <laughs> you, that's I told special... him I didn't like Brambleberry Chantilly. He wasn't happy with me. But uh, Sean, he did do a dance though, which was worth it. He did the berries and cream dance from the Starburst commercial. Remember that? Oh, oh I wish you had that on you, video. Oh, I wish I did too. Pixar didn't happen. Good. God, I hope he's listening right now. But so Sean, if you are listening, that. Lost yeah. in the Moment's my favorite hoppy beer for you. Please uh, dude, brew it more Coast, often. Baby. Please, please. Second time they've done it this week. This uh, last week, it's good that he's doing. He's some fun not going to do it just because you guys. Yeah, it's want true. It. It's a good point. That's no, Sean's but I'm, I'm good for that beer. Sucks. I'm good for a case each batch. I'm yeah. just going to say that. Yeah. That's not going to do it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that for them though. Now having more tank space and stuff. So now they can, oh, they, totally. can they can play around a little bit. Sorry, I didn't no, mean to get no. off track. Go ahead. No, no. So, yeah, but like I, you said, like the, most brewers are going to be yeah. in that in that vein of like, yeah. So or at least the good ones that are worth their salt. You know, like totally, totally. And I and I think like you know, Jr. had brought me to Aaron to kind of say like, what can you do to you know help Aaron with stouts? I don't know if it was like. I don't want to say that Aaron needed help, but like, you know, you're doing this thing this way. Aaron's doing it sort of more traditional way, like as one would if they just started a brewery before they've gone through like the experimentation phase mm-hmm. that I have. And I took my recipe to him and he was like, oh, that's pretty cool. What if we did this? And and we started just riffing back and forth. And uh, 
you know, we, we turned out which his beers improved, his stouts improved, mine improved. Um, and that's like the part that I love about it. It's just like that collaboration and, and being able to like bounce ideas off one another. Um, I, I use this quote with my design team frequently and, uh, you know, that marathon runner just broke the two hour mark, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Iliad yeah. Kipchoge or however you say his last name. He, he had this quote that 100% of me is less than 1% of the team. And that's something that like, I think we just as human beings should remember. Um, and, and this is a great example, like all of our beers got better because we were open and shared with one another. And, uh, Dave went up there, like I said, Dave to brew a stout, but Dave is a phenomenal IPA brewer and was able to help Aaron dial a couple things in and just Aaron's IPA game is amazing. His lager and Pilsner game are amazing. And stout game is amazing he's just so he like, kind of absorbed man yeah just for the people around him yeah like i said just not that he didn't have a nice skill set and base as it was man. oh he this kinda... guy is like when i talk about being sort of scientifically illiterate i'm like really good at science but like in the brewing world some of this stuff is just like i don't know he knows all of it like mm -hmm. he he will it's almost sometimes annoying because I want, I'm more of an artist and I'm, I'm more creative with like, things. Why can't I do that? Like, and, and he's like, well, oh, the math doesn't work. Yeah. I'm like, well, fuck the math, Aaron. And, and, that, and that, that's where we, we butt heads on that. That's know? where you need each other, actually. When you say butt heads, it usually we means need that's other. where we need yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he said butt. <laughs> totally. Were you he even born that. in the 90s for butt? He did say that. I was he born was, in 87, dude. Look at his shirt, man. That was pretty. Same week as Dream Warriors. Do the math. He's got his turtles on him. I apologize for not doing the math quick enough. Cowabunga, bro. You're too creative, see? Oh, 87 is also the year the animated series came out. My four-year-old nephew is in love with Ninja Turtles, too. Yeah, my kid's, my kid's my six. My four-and-a-half-year-old son is obsessed. Yeah. got a six-year-old son, nine-year-old nine awesome. girl. They they uh, they have the whole thing downloaded on a goddamn one-terabyte you know drive that's plugged into my TV. I'm like, what space are we living in right now? I have a 1987 launch cartoon on a 2018 oh one-terabyte you know Samsung drive plugged into a, you know, 4k tv right there's now. a very it's interesting dichotomy so yeah it's so <laughs> bizarre so anyways as we digress more uh let's talk about the the like when when did you kind of uh get this into people's hands i guess like you like you mentioned legacy yeah. a little bit you kind of said like legacy and we talked a little bit about dimension like like what were these first time where you're like all right well let's bottle these like this black stave project like how did that come about how did yeah. you release that how did people know about it to even sell it out in four hours yeah that's great great call and i am bouncing around a little bit so i apologize no, no, to that's the listeners. my life uh, I bounce around <laughs> this whole podcast people are gonna be like joe just keeps interrupting him and no no <laughs> bouncing I, around I, to different I, time frames my, my i have very scattered thoughts right now so um i appreciate bringing it back um you know uh, like i had mentioned i had i had been exploring these barrel aged beers and i had it, it, it quite quite honestly it was the second barrel aged beer i ever did and um, I aged it, uh, I had 15 gallons and I aged it in a, uh, used bourbon barrel that I had like filled with a bunch of like cheap rum, uh, just to keep it wet. And I'd been rotating it and rotate like, I don't know, months. And, um, I emptied all the rum out of it and I put 15 gallons of stout in it. And this was the really viscousy thick, like I, the bourbon County recipe basically that I had figured over time and uh i thought full size barrel or just like a 15 15 gallon, gallon. yeah just, it was a 15 gallon. It was in my living room in like my a condo. journeyman type or yeah like it was a, as a matter of fact it was journeyman okay um and then i got two more 
uh, barrels just, I, I was on this Great Lakes Bourbon Barrels Facebook page, and anytime they had, <clears throat> a, excuse me, a fresh dumped barrel, you know, they'd post it up and you could buy it. They had two seven-gallon maple barrels, uh, maple syrup bourbon barrels up there, and I said, oh, I got to get those. So I got them. These things that came to my condo in a package room, they were leaking maple syrup all over everything. <laughs> I ruined the entire floor and the carpet in there. Uh, brought them upstairs. I emptied that rum barrel, essentially rum, bourbon rum barrel, into those maple barrels uh, separately. This beer was so thick that I actually had to brew a thinner stout and blend it and into it, it just to dilute <laughs> it to be able to to make it drinkable. And um, a friend of mine had said, oh, you got to bring this beer to Dark Lord Day. You got to do it. I don't even think he had tasted it yet. And I was like, fuck that. A, I don't want to go to Dark Lord Day. I'm a big <laughs> beer festival guy. Two, um, I don't want anybody trying this because I don't think it's very good. And I mean, he was so persistent to the point that he had... I didn't have a ticket. I didn't have He was outside of my condo, like honking the horn, like, come on, bring it. So I, I'm like, fuck, fine. I, I took, I don't know, maybe four bombers, and I, I literally just pulled the nail out of the barrel and filled the bombers from the barrel. So no Stop. carb, no nothing. I plugged them back up. I capped them, and no labels, no nothing. And I took them to Dark Lord Day, and I stood out in the rain. Um, as one does at Dark as Lord one Day. Does at Dark Lord. And this is like Anywhere 2015. between 2014 and 2020. Yeah, 2015, yeah. I think it was. And uh, I'd been drinking all day, and, and he came over. You know, we were outside in the shares, and he, he, he came over. He said, you got to open it now. And I was like, okay, all right, fine, fuck it, open it. So I opened up the beer. And he goes, did you make an untap for it? I said, no. So here I am, like, <laughs> People are about scrambling. To ch- check this bitch in. I'm, I'm, I'm like, scrambling to make a, After you know, Barkley. drinking at Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I got about a pipette-sized sample. I have a rating. Let's, let's go. <laughs> my hands are frozen. I'm trying to make this thing. And, and I, so I got it up, and I put legacy, regular and legacy vanilla, because I had vanilla beans in one and, and not in the other. And... Uh, I poured it for a couple people and I just, I think I just gave the bottles to people to go and pour. <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't want to know anything about it. <laughs> Get away from me. <clears throat> cause I, cause I, I quite literally thought people were going to hate it. And my phone starts like blowing up with check-ins like best beer at dark Lord day, best beer at what? dark Lord day. And then it was like a horde of people came running over to like where we're at to have this, to, to have my beer. And I'm like, what the fuck? You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This beer that's being produced by professionals is has to be better than this that I have right here. But in the end, we're our own worst critics, right? So That's um, always true. Yeah. So I, I the next phase was like I went home and I bottled it. I made labels for it and carbonated made, it. I carbonated <laughs> it. I did the whole thing. And uh You bought a bottling gun. Yeah. I bought a bottling gun. I bought the whole thing, which I didn't have at the time because I was doing, you know, bottle conditioning with the other stuff. And, uh, I started like getting these DMS from people like, Hey, you, can I trade you for your, for your beer? And people were giving me like, I, I can't, you, you'll like $600 in secondary value beer for my two 12 ounce bottles. I have a Pappy 23 and I would, <laughs> I would no, like to trade it to you. I mean, I think I had like a Tet B1 fundamental observation from 16 or something like I, I was getting the like five or six beers per thing um and i was like there's no way i'm like i gotta do this again 
that I can just stock my cellar and I don't ever have to do anything. So it was like the next goal. Son of a bitch. The next goal was like, I'll just make another homebrew and I'll trade it all. And rich bitch. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, It sounds, it sounds awful. Like all these, now that I'm saying it out loud on your podcast, you're going to have to cancel this episode. I am. I'm like, everything I do is so self-motivated to just get beers that I don't want to wait in line for. You're a real son of a bitch. You know that? (laughs) I'm a total asshole. Back to the bourbon county. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, that that was it. I made that heritage set, um, five different adjuncts. It was the first time I did that. Uh, All right. So, wait, let's pause for a second, just yeah. for a real quick second. So, like, uh, this legacy, you add vanilla and, and, like, a base stout, basically, in, in the barrel. And then, you know, obviously, people liked it. You went there. You're like, all right, well, I'm going to do something about this. So, what, what did you do with the heritage? Was the heritage a fresh batch of beer you brewed, found more barrels for? Little bit different recipe. Um, My goal obviously wasn't to make it so viscous and sweet that I had to (laughs) dilute it with another beer to get it to to be drinkable. Um, So I just kind of started, that's when I really started working on like different types of grain ratios of what I was like trying to go for. And if I want to get it more chocolatey, what do I do? You know, if I want to get it more of this. So where did you brew those beers at? On my stove in my uh, condo. So that Heritage Series is all brewed on your stove. Yes, in a five-gallon stove kit. And I had to brew probably 20 batches of stout to fill up the three or four 15-gallon barrels I had. I can't remember. I brewed so much, and I dumped a bunch because some of it was awful. Some of it was good. It was tough. (laughs) And, and unlimited it was, amounts of grain just being shipped to your home. Like, what? Yeah, I, I probably, over the course of making Heritage, I use more beer. They're out of California. I really like those guys. Um, I, I, I Thousands of dollars into, you know, everything that went in there. And I started upgrading my equipment as well. I never got to the point where I had like a really beautiful three-tiered thing. Um, and I, part of me feels like I... I'm cheating a little bit by not because I just sort of got to the point where the, you know, you know, the basic stove kit and cooler and all that stuff was good enough. And then I just went straight into like doing it at production level. Pro pro facilities. Pro facilities, which probably isn't fair to a lot of the folks who really like gutting it out and doing the right thing and doing it the right way. I just got lucky, honestly, and met the right people and did the right thing on a small thing, you know. It's like people like me. I've I've done like five homebrew batches with my father-in-law, and it's never we've never bottled anything. It's always kegged. Mm-hmm. People are like, "You haven't lived until you've bottled beer, you know, yeah. bottled homebrew." I'm like, nope, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I want to go right to the the other thing. It, it's actually my desire uh, to get um, a really nice setup here and and be able to do some more do some more things on my own. Um, but the product like. God, so heritage once series. Once you once you got that stuff like bottle and all that, like yep. just traded it. It was ready was, to go. It was literally just trades. I like posted you said, it. You up. never you never made a dime off of it. Never made a dime. So off what, what was the first production brewery that was like? All right, that was at Ellison or no, Sean, well, uh, or, or, all my at, collaborations. But Ellison at Chaos was the and, first. And, and at Moore that you never actually got into people's hands. Yeah, never got into people's hands. Well, it got into people's hands, but just <laughs> not under your flag. Yes, yeah, I don't uh-huh. even know. Somebody's what used it. that beer. It's somewhere. I don't think it's in a drain some, anymore. It's in somebody's belly it's somewhere. Uh-huh. Somewhere. Uh, yeah, El- the first one that was uh, like publicly released, I guess, um, if you could call it publicly released would would be errands yeah because the stuff that sean and i did is is released but we i don't have any or maybe it's still sitting at more 
We and can then, extract those barrels. We can we could, you know, Tom Cruise uh, from the ceiling. You know, the guys at Moore, no? they've reached out and they were like, if you want to finish this, you can. And I just haven't really. Shout out to John Monaco. Yeah. Padilla. Oh, John. I like John. John's great. Yeah. John, do something good with that beer if you're listening. He will. I trust him. Do the right, do the right thing. Do the right thing. This is a Spike Lee movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think, you know, I, I just brewed with Sean again, but Aaron was, is my first full production release. So you went out to Lake Zurich and, and did something with them? I did. Uh, oh, about okay. two months did ago. That? Was that on Instagram? I mean, it, was, it wasn't. It yeah, didn't I posted it to the Facebook no, I probably page. saw it. Yeah, I probably saw it at some point. That facility is, it's got room. Yeah. It's got room. I'm going nice. to do a segue right here because a funny story about that. And go. <laughs> uh, so I, it's like three years ago, right? I, Black Belt Brewing was in that facility um, for a long time, and uh, was it there for a long time? Oh, I don't, I don't know, know for a long time, but maybe they were not the that. OG owners Sorry. of it. A but... long time ago, it was there, yeah. and uh, I, I don't know how I got on this email chain for this. It's like uh, restaurants and bars and stuff. They're going out of business that you can buy them or something like that. And all of a sudden, this pops up in my email one morning. It was like, "Hey, brewery for sale," and I was like, "Well, shit, let me click into this." So I look at it. And uh, the price was like 425 grand for this facility. And I started clicking through the pictures. Say, this looks pretty good. I call this guy, like, what's the movement on it? And he said, look, this lady will take just about anything. I got grifted by a couple dudes. She's out a million. She wants to get, you know, minimum 350 back on this or something like that. And I said, all right, let me think about this for a second. And I called Sean immediately. And he was in transition from Ram to Moore. And this will tell you how like loyal and good of a guy that Sean is. It's like he had just pinned the contract with uh, with Moore, and and I kind of helped him a little bit along the way with that. And I, but I, like it was literally like a week or two later, and I was like, Sean, let's do this together. Let's do this brewery. Like this thing, it's affordable. And I talked to I was working at a startup at the time, and one of the co-founders. Um, who has a little bit of capital, uh, was is big into beer too. And I had, I had both of them over. They're both named Sean. Uh, and, and we talked about it. And we had a, an actual serious conversation whether about this would be something that we would be able to do. And ultimately, Sean Burns had decided that, you know, he had made an agreement and a contract with Moore and he wasn't going to back out of that because he's a stand-up guy that follows through and the things he says he'll do. So we ultimately ended up abandoning it. Now, fast forward two and a half years, Sean is in that facility and I think he got it for probably less than what we would have had to had to pay for it um, oh, if we sure. bought it straight from Black Belt. But it's kind of funny because I was in there in November or whatever it was brewing with him and I was looking around. I'm like, why does this place look so familiar? And he's like, dude, it's the Black Belt facility. I told you this. I, you told me, I don't remember you telling me this, but that makes sense. I was like, so this was the place we were supposed to buy and now you bought it and I got nothing. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> was, I'll, add, I'll add to your story. In January of 2019... I did the podcast with Jake, uh, the brewer and the owners of Lake Zurich Brewing. And on the way home from that podcast, I stopped at More Brewing to grab, uh, well, yeah, that would have been, yeah, it'd been January 2019. And they had given me a bunch of samples. And I was like, hey, these guys are really cool, Sean. Like, Sean was there and Evan was sitting in front. And I gave him like a can of each sample that they gave me. And, and he was like, he curiously was like, how much, 
how much tank space do they have? He did not connect the dots to the black you know, black belt at all. Yeah. And I told him, like, I used to be something else, blah, 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 you know. And he's like, what kind of tank space do they have? And I told him, well, it's like, you know, 15-barrel brew house. And, and they got they had like six or seven 30 barrels. And you know, he's like, oh, that's cool. And then fast forward four months later, he's talking to Jake about contract brewing out of, out of Lake Zurich. And then boom, boom, you know what? Fast forward another six months later, now they own it. Like, it's... It's wild how how that space came to him. I, I don't even think he real, realizes either of those stories can, you know connect to one another. Yeah, I'll be sure to remind him next time. We talk to <laughs> yeah, him. It, it's great. And you know what? I I love Sean to death. He's one of my best friends, and I'm so happy for him. And and frankly speaking, like I think that this is a better obviously scenario for him. But uh, it would have been great to have something to do with him. But again, with me being completely transparent and honest about like what I'm super passionate about my, my day job. I think I always would have had a little bit of nagging, like what could have been with this, you know, I, you get it anyway, you look at it, but well, you don't want two baller ass stout makers in one spot though. Either. And, and you know what? That was his argument to me when he said like, we probably hard. shouldn't You'd have to have two separate brands coming out of that brewery because, uh, you know, I mean, not saying that you, like you said, you know, that they, you work together, everybody's improves, you know, yeah. and maybe you make one thing that is the best, but, but at the same time, you know, you've worked hard on yours. Sean's worked super hard in his, totally. in his game. I mean, yeah, I agree. He, he's right. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, like you said, everything you described about Sean Burns is something that I've come to find out just in meeting him three years ago, whatever, two years ago, and kind of things I got from him, things that when he left more, I felt the same way about the situation just from talking to multiple people. It was like, he is a man who kind of lives up to what he says he's going to, so uh, I could see why you'd want to enter business with him and like yeah. kind, of, kind of explore that. It's very rare these days to find someone who is as honest uh, and has as much integrity as Sean Burns does. He, you, you're, you're never going to get anything deceiving from him in any way, shape, or form, and you're not going to get anything but humble from him. He's not, he's just not in his nature at all. Unless you don't get a bottle of curvature, then you're upset. Then, well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, what are you going to do? Speaking from the beer, I, league, I, the I beer still haven't tried that. batch four. Batch four. Batch three was incredible, by the way. Batch yeah, I brought that over my here. Shit. That's my shit right there. That's you number did bring one. It over. That was great. That's my number one from from yeah. the Curvature series right now. So, but that, we don't want to make this about Sean Burns. Let's keep no, talking no. about Barclay Brewing. We so, love you, Sean. Honestly, we love you. So, so I think what we we said we were going to do up to Ellison and and the Black Stave project. I think we talked about how the Black Stave project came to be. So why Black Stave versus? Barclay Brewing, like what, so. Black Stave is just the name of the club. Okay, by Barclay Brewing Company. But the brewing is Barclay Brewing. Okay. Yes, yes. So it's kind of like you know, you kind of look at these, um, the ambassadors of sour, which Rare Barrel has, or um, La Couterie, which is side projects or something like that. All of them have a yeah, name. Like Bottle Logic has something. Yeah, they all. They stasis. All have, they all uh, have something. Yeah, I can Stasis Project or something like that. So um, I don't know. I was just. I was at work one morning and, and we were deciding to kick this off and Aaron was like, so what are we going to call it? And I was like, Black Stave Project. And he was like, oh, that's fucking terrible. Don't do that. We should call it like something else. And we went back and forth on this for a while and I was like, Aaron, just call it Black Stave Project. He was like, fuck, fine, fine. It's going to be terrible. And anyway, it turned out okay. So why Black Stave Project? Um, I was just thinking about the 
barrel and the parts of the barrel that make the beer interesting. And charred the, in, juice. the charred <laughs> black part of the stave is what makes that the most interesting. So uh, it truly is the most like fundamental essence of this thing to me is like the black staves that are inside of this barrel as what is, is what makes this project interesting and unique. So that's why I wanted to call it them. And, uh, so how'd you guys do that? What, what, what's like the number of memberships? Like, so we yeah. did 250 memberships. Uh, we were going to go 275, but we wanted to have a little cushion there. Um, to be honest, we probably didn't do great math right off the bat on like his system at the time is a 15 barrel. He's up to a 30 barrel now. Um, but, uh, understanding like my process and like how my recipes were evolving and it had evolved, evolved since the last collaboration I did with him, we didn't really do a great math. And so he very wisely said, let's cut it by 25 and keep it to 250. And it was 250, 350 bucks a pop. I know it sounds a lot, uh, but you got 10 bombers of BA stout. You got a four pack of BA adjuncted cans, a shirt and a glass. And I really was trying to give a slight fuck you to some of the clubs that are out there. So wait, that 350 covered those beers too? You're not paying additional when those beers are released? That's Just, it. You already it. paid for you it. You paid for everything up front. And then. That's like the cheapest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> it, yeah. And, what, and wait, you know, say that again. What'd you get? You get 10 barrel aged bombers. 22-ounce bottles. So two, two, uh, five variants, two bottles of each. And that was a strategic play by me. I, want, I, I figured that people would buy the membership that gave you two of each bottle, and they'd be able to drink one and trade one. And if they traded one, then I got further out there without having to have to brew more. You're the guy who's actually <laughs> thinking about the secondary market and almost... Almost a positive way. <laughs> almost like because yeah. that was your experience. Was exactly. Like, I made these so I could further my cellar. <laughs> You know? Exactly. Okay. That's so, it's so it, totally unique perspective, by the way. Just totally unique. And it's unique because I can do that. Like right, I don't want right. to take away exactly, from yeah. what's. Yeah, I'm not the, saying like, oh, it's unique. It's better. Like, I'm yeah, just unique. It's it's just nobody else has told that story. Yeah, and I certainly don't want to like shit on my counterparts out there that are having to make you know ends meet with this. Um, I just fortunately have it as a side project. Ooh, Ooh. That was a terrible Damn. thing to say. Oh, sorry, Corey. Corey's I didn't not mean it that way. Anymore, your bullshit stouts. I know, I know. So you, he's you, had you, it with me. So you got you got ten bottles, uh, ten bombers for him, and then in the four pack of sixteen ounce adjunct cans. That was a coconut waves, non barrel aged, non barrel aged. So just, that was that coconut waves was the only thing, right? That was just yeah, those were the and, only cans, and and that was a strategic thing. I like too. that beer a lot, by the way. Thank yeah, you, thank really. you. I knew people were gonna get impatient with having to wait anywhere from 12 to 18 months to get these beers to when they were when they were ready and i thought well i got to give them something so um that's why we included the cans we knew we could deliver the cans like relatively quickly mm-hmm. um and high quality too i mean they, it's not like you just afterthought of these things no and no and, and i i wanted to approach that and the goal is to approach that with the same sort of intent that i would approach the barrel age beers with i'm not gonna fuck around with anything i'm gonna do everything as best as i possibly can that label and, art was pretty sick too 
Thank you. That oh, was yeah. created right here on these. It was super right nice. Yeah. I do all the design on this. If you, uh, if you, if you go, I mean, not that you have time to do this, but if for some reason you find yourself a few minutes to go and listen to the Viking uh, and Boneflower episode, which they did together, it was Aaron Shabby and Justin, uh, Justin Case. If you on oh, Facebook, oh yeah, Justin. I know. Uh, so Justin, uh, Justin popped one of those open. We talked about it a little bit uh, during the show. Oh, nice. And I did not put together where it was from, and I think I, uh, you know. I asked him, and we we may have quickly talked about it, but I did not comprehend like where I was getting this from. I was like, "This is probably a brewery in St. Louis that I've never heard of, or so, yeah. you know, something like out of market that I that I'd never heard of." And yeah, I, I Justin has been. Um, there's two Justins in the club, Justin Carroll and Justin Case, and I think they're both involved in in beer in one way or another. Yeah, as yeah. far as everybody production. knows, both of those guys. Yeah, and and I, there, I've had a couple people in the club that when I've made decisions or made announcements that you know, there's always be someone that's not happy both of those guys i gotta give a little shout to them that they've immediately hit my dm box and they're like dude i deal with the same thing don't worry Mm -hmm. like we got you we need you around we want you around and i've never met him in person that's the thing i love about this beer world you know that i when i said earlier it's kind of getting bad like i feel like we're losing a lot of these people who are just there for the support and those two guys shout out to both of you justin's that you you know, helped keep it in line for me when I was getting a little frustrated. So yeah, Justin, uh, when he started Viking, I got a sample before he was like, did his membership and everything. And I, I had to call or text him and be like, Hey man, I'm getting a bunch of like Parmesan cheese off of this thing. <laughs> and then he, he was like, all right, well let me go test the half, the half a keg I got left of it. And he called me like the next week and he was like, all right, well, and he's like, okay the butric acid you know something or other was off in that thing and i was like god i felt so awful telling you that because yeah. i had heard about his beer hey, i had tried something it. else from him that i loved and he gave me his dragon fruit passion fruit before before he had even started the membership club but you know he kind of gave me that feedback like you did like hey i want this like don't don't be afraid to tell me like if something's off so, yeah absolutely so i mean, I could see him being a guy that would send you a message like that be like hey man i get it all the time people are always Tell you can't me, make I everybody like this, happy. You know, you I don't can't. like that. Why are you doing the membership program? Like, how long? Like, are you getting it? When are you making more beer? When do I? When do I get more I, beer? Like, is yeah. my membership a year? Like, is there is a membership for you guys a year, and then you got to re up again? Or so I, I haven't figured out version two of this yet. I have some interesting ideas. Batch and two, never as, soon as, as good it, as batch one. Actually, my goal is to make it better. Um, well, duh. <laughs> uh, and, 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 I, and I've got a plan to execute on that. Uh, and Aaron and I, once we close the loop on this club, we're, we're, we're going to start working out those, um, those details. I can say that all the people that are in membership one will have the first right to buy again. I mean, I have to give those folks, they took a chance on me and, uh, I have to give them the opportunity first right of refusal, you know? Um, I will say though, uh, publicly that if, and I have, not Armando's mules out there, but I have people out there. If you're selling my beer for massive amounts of profit, you know, uh, you're probably not going to be invited back. <laughs> I like that. I've, I've seen more people I, go to this. Yeah, I've seen I, more I people don't be make any money off of this. this. Right. I don't make any money off this. Um, if you're making money off me, and and I don't, I'm not going to like scour the boards and be like crazy but if you're something comes to you you're gonna something acknowledge comes to it. me then you're yeah gonna... I, i'm gonna have to it's just not what i intended especially in the way that i'm doing this i'm trying to add value to um the beer community by taking my spare time that i'm giving for free to give something great to the or 
something I hope is great to the to the people. And that's kind of like say it's great. It's fine. Thank you. Thank you. I think I don't think anybody's had a problem with what you're doing so far. Everybody that I've talked to has been a huge fan so far. Yeah, I've had two beers from you already, and I'm already sold. I want a membership uh, for life at some point. So (laughs) you just give me that. I'll sign you the the blank check. Just keep making these. It's been incredible, and I'm. I don't let it go to my head. It actually intimidates me that I have to perform. I don't, you know, most people walk around kind of strutting and cocky. They think they got it all figured out. And I don't, I'm, I'm kind of like, Oh shit. Now I really have to yeah. like, now I really have but to. You can't just it. give me the same thing. You know, that would no, be great. No, no. But like now you have to, now you have to find a way yeah. to kick it up even, you know, a couple notches. Yeah. If, uh, if I can just jump back a little bit to yeah. what came with the membership and the cost and all that. Um, I, I, and I, I, when I said this, and I want to explain it because I, I don't want it just to be the, uh, when I said I wanted to be a fuck you to the rest of the like clubs, I, I started getting this sense that a lot of breweries were offering clubs that like maybe one or two or maybe three great beers and eight or nine or 10 shitty ones and charging insane amounts of money for those. Um, I, it wasn't supposed to be like a an aggressive fuck you, but it's like, Hey, come on. Like these folks are like betting on you and they're giving you money up front for something that I haven't received yet. Sight unseen, like give them what they deserve, not what go beyond what they expect. Right? Like every day I go and do product design. My, my goal is to exceed expectations of a customer. So if I'm doing a club and I'm doing this with their trust, and they're taking the risk with me. I need to exceed expectations. And exceeding expectations means I have to give them 10 barrel-aged bombers of beer that's right. excellent. Or else, you know, I'm just shortchanging them for a quick cash infusion. And that's just, again, I have the luxury because I don't have a brewery to do this. So maybe I'm way speaking out of turn and every brewer is going to hate me right now. But I just feel like... I know the numbers. I know what the grain costs. I know what the process is. I know what all the, the costs that go into this. You can deliver a lot of value to somebody if you want to. That's your choice. And I, I'll say, like for the for the one person that I'm, I mean, I, I know enough people that that have had access to your beer one way or another. But I know one guy in particular, uh, Kunal Chopra, who's who's a friend of mine, and he just glowed when I told him I'm coming here to talk to you today. And he was just like, "Yeah, they just did a release." I said, "What do what, what do I need to know about about Barclay Brewing?" And he's like, "Black State Project going going on the just recently released. I drove up this way. Like he's like everything's phenomenal. He's like you know pointing out you know maybe you've had coconut waves, you know that kind." of thing i'm like oh yeah i did have that so kind of gave me like some sort of a jumping off point to kind of think about uh what you're doing and just glowing things to say about the membership program and he's a guy who i trust he's a successful human first yeah, yeah. not not just a beer guy you know he he, he uh, well, tell him thank you personally for me i'm sure if he came up to michigan i had an opportunity to meet him for a second but it was a very chaotic day oh i bet it was 180 people showed up i was really like just stoked about it and we were jamming music. We were handing beer out. I was pouring from the kegs. I, it was probably one of the most fun beer release days I've had. And Aaron was doing five barrel-aged stouts, double-barrel-aged stouts at the exact same time on the other side of the brewery. So huh. people had a 10-barrel-aged 10, 10 stout day there. It was like, it was incredible. Uber all day. Absolutely. So many I drove shares. there. Uh, and he's Armando silly. drove up he's there, got, a, got pulled over pulled in over. MSU's... On the way up uh, in MSU. It, I had it, two it, small towels with me, my wife and my friend. Yeah. 
I should have warned him. You you come off the highway and you basically go right into campus, and campus is thirty five, and you've been driving. 70. No, it's twenty five. I was going thirty five. Oh, oh well, shit! There you go. And I had no idea. You got I, corrected, th- sir. Yeah, it was a car. Boom, it was a car you. full of Hispanics. We got pulled over. Oh God! <laughs> oh man! Clearly. Look at that. Well, so just at least that. it was a university town and not like a weird town in St. Louis, which I'm sure Lansing, way Michigan, East Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. The cop was nice. Yeah, he was nice. Lansing. Yeah, well, at least he was nice to you. He was nice. And you, you didn't get a ticket, right? Yeah, so that's, that's, that's quality. Worry. That's quality move right there. Story checked out. <laughs> so what's what's uh you you don't have everything plotted out for the membership but like do you have got you got some beers and tanks places right now i, I stuff, do i do so i have a, phase three yeah i have a i have a lot of things happening so on february 28th i'm going to be up in new york city um brewing with a really great friend of mine jason stein i, I say really great because we he is a really great friend and i i trust him 100 and I, I love the dude We've only actually met one time in person, but we've been talking for years. Uh, he's now running this uh, brewery called Timber Ales, and he's kind of doing a similar thing to me. He works out of 12%, which I think used to be a distributor, and they created a uh, contract brewing facility as well. So now they can contract brew and uh, distribute beer. So that's where like Hoofheart it's coming out of right now. Yeah. I think it's New yeah. Haven. Or, Evil Twins, the big Evil Twins, Evil Twins, right, the big one. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to be in that facility on the 28th. And American he and, Solera too. American I believe Solera. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's done a couple of collaborations up there so far with Horace and uh, Casa Agria, and uh, we're doing a collaboration, a stout, um, a weeded stout with um, I think we're doing coconut and cinnamon, cassia bark, and it's going to be called a Tale of Two Pities. And this is... Um, oh, shit. Is it coming back it's around? It's coming back around. Coming so back around. prior to the the, pod, the the start of the podcast... The here, rolling, the recording. Yeah, the pre-roll, we were talking about my dogs. And um, my eldest dog, who's a little over 10 years old now, Boromini, Boromini, who's named after... Boromini. A, uh, yeah, little bull. I think that's probably what it translates to in Italian. Um, uh, he is a mastiff pit bull mix and he is right now fighting gastro a gastric lymphoma and because of the chemo that he's been on liver failure and i wanted a way to immortalize my dog um i get a little emotional when i talk about this so if i you see a little tear it's all right um we're here for you you're in a safe space it, he he's just a wonderful and just awesome dog and uh I have been thinking since this diagnosis about five or six months ago um, that I wanted to do a beer and put his face on it, you know, it, you know, a la Hill Farmstead putting, you know, Damon put the dog's mm-hmm. face on there. Um, I want to do something very similar. And so when Jason uh, contacted me to do this, I was like, hey, could I could I sort of immortalize my dog here? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I got my dog Everett, who I believe is named after Everett, the Hill Farmstead beer. But Jason yeah. can correct me if I'm wrong. So we decided to do Tale of Two Pities. And I love it. They're, both of them are running through a big field of tall grass with the uh autumn leaves in the background and and whatnot and it's and it's uh it's awesome if you go to the inst- my instagram or facebook you can see the label there I can find it all right good. who I did the artwork on that by the way it. um i don't know who it is but i do know that jason uses him for all of his can artwork and it's more of a painting style i think he uses up an ipad to do it but it's absolutely beautiful uh he represented my dog almost perfectly and uh i 
I look at the can and I choke up a little bit because he's running and Boromini loves to run, used to love to run. He can't really anymore just because of the seven and a half inch long tumor inside of his stomach. He can't run. So I look at it and I see the dog that Mm -hmm. I had, you know, and, uh, it's going to be a tough one. My, he is such an awesome dog that my vet, who's just two blocks down the street here, asked for a can so that he could put it on his <laughs> shelf because he loves the he loves Boromini so much. That's as well. pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So that's next. Um, Aaron and I are talking about what V two looks like for Black Stave. It's going to be, I I think it's going to be dramatically different but better. Um, I'm not 100% sure we're going to do like five adjuncted beers again. I think that we're probably going to look at a scenario where you buy, you have an opportunity to buy, you know, one to four bottles of non-adjunct and one to four bottles of, of like maybe a single adjunct, maybe vanilla. I'm going to cut it down and give more of the, instead of the breath of adjuncting and I, I I'm kind of changing my tune on a lot of the way stout is done right now. I think that it's like over adjuncted over sweet over this. I'm kind of dialing back. I still want to get a really good body and mouth feel, but I'm, I'm really interested in the barrel and the way that the beer talks less about the way the adjuncts talk. Um, so I really want to explore that and kind of go after, you know, I want to give people a breath of, um, beer to go through over time as opposed to just two of each, trade half of them. So I'm kind of interested in that. Um, But I'm going to possibly do something if Sean Burns can get the second half of the warehouse, um, which I know he's trying to do right now. Um, He's If that happens, I can do some more stuff out of there, which would be more along the lines of that will probably be where I do more adjunct experimenting. And it's solely not because I don't want to do it at Ellison, but the logistics of me driving four hours out to Ellison. And now it's just driving four hours to Lake Zurich. So Yeah, <laughs> well, it depends on traffic. It feels right? like it sometimes. <laughs> Gotta go there early in the morning. It feels like um, it. Yeah, it's just easier for me to get to Sean. And then I have some friends that have another um, interest in a brewery. I can't really speak too much about it. Um, Tell it he, all. I, I wish I could, and I will soon. Um, I don't even know this, Brian. What the hell? He doesn't even know this. But they, they have an interest um, that they're buying an interest in a, in a brewery. It was supposed to be final this month, but, um, we'll, we'll have an announcement on that once everything's clear. And I'll basically be helping oversee the recipes and the beers that are going out. Um, consulting, consulting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, um, I will also have the ability to flex and do the things that I want to do there as a, like, I'm not a contract brewery cause I don't own a contract brewery, mm-hmm. but gypsy brewing i guess yeah out of the space um which will just allow me to do that when i want to do it which that's great that this is what's developing is exactly where i want to be i don't want to compete with anybody i don't want to try to steal anybody's you know profit share of beer or whatever i am just strictly i'm not interested in i make enough money doing what i do now i'm happy with that um i'm just interested in, in continuing to push it and see what we can make and just make people happy. Like the, the biggest reward for me, and I know this might sound stupid and fucking cheesy, but those 180 people that showed up to, and of course my friends who came out to made the trek out. I had several friends who drove out from Chicago, even if they were there for 45 minutes, which you were there for about 45 minutes or an hour. That to me, like that's what you take with you. You can't take the 
fucking cash or whatever and buy a new car, buy a new fucking house, whatever. Like, that's stupid. But the satisfaction and the joy and the camaraderie and all that, <laughs> that just good beer world shit is what I want to continue to go down the, that path of providing. Because I feel like it's less and less, you know what I mean? Like the beer is getting like crazier and almost worse <laughs> in, a, in a way of like over sugary syrupy fucking adjunct out the residual asshole yeah. fucking beers and and some of them i like i'm not gonna deny that some of them i like some of them are just terrible but we're just like lost our way like i want to just get back to the the root of this a little bit you know like what made this all good to begin with yeah i mean that that's something that you're seeing a lot of people kind of stumble onto with this like breaking it down and getting that perspective of like, this is sugar water basically. And we're, we're totally. treating it as something that it's not anymore. And, uh, and like you said, I mean, it's part of this was motivated by secondary or trading or, you know, like just to, to try other things, but yeah. we're in a different world right now. Uh, it's just, yeah. Dude, I love that. And I had a, I had a guy, the guy as a matter of fact, who was responsible for me taking my beer to dark Lord day he had posted a trade-up recently, and I hit him up. I said, hey, look, your secondary value is kind of off there. He's like, as a brewer, you shouldn't worry about secondary values and all this stuff. And I was like, no, I actually think that that's more interesting because it's subjective. So if I value this particular thing yeah. and you value that particular thing at a different level, it's not actually capital that's being exchanged until somebody pays money for it, right? But the, the value dollar value that you signed as secondary in a trade is sort of arbitrary really it's just a it's a way of communicating between two people of what i think is good right yeah. it it doesn't actually change the amount of money that you originally spent on either side it just says that like i really think this is great and i i'm okay with that if somebody wants to trade my beer at two hundred dollars a bottle i'm happy if they trade it at twenty dollars a bottle fine i'm happy with that too mm -hmm. like feels good that people actually want it yeah yeah, yeah that's uh -huh. that's the part we should be focusing on not whether a brewer does or does not agree with secondary value yeah. like every brewer out there selfishly looks at their yeah. untapped or goes through facebook to see that's qa man that's qa it, for most QA. of these guys it totally yeah. is qa uh -huh. that's totally about as good QA. as you get right there uh free untapped don't don't care for sours 0.25 yeah and all that oh you get but, those yeah. but uh so so well you kind of dangled a uh a uh, triple barrel something or other in front of us that you were chilling down right or was it i did and um i'm happy to go grab yeah. that if you let's, want let's get that me and armando talk for a minute and then yeah uh, and then let's uh, and then i want to cover the pities i want to cover some more about the pities before uh, we before we sign off of this whole thing i could talk about the pities all right we'll, we'll bring the, the rest of the gang into into it all right, I'll and be right back. We, we left the, the content creator all by himself quiet over here for a while. I'm just so. an appreciator of content creation. <laughs> You're over there snapping it with that Sony over there. I see you. Did a couple. Uh, you. I'll do a little snippet of a 120 FPS video oh, later. Oh, shit. You know? 120 FPS. Yeah, oh, a little slow-mo. So Put it down much. to like 20, 25% speed. Oh, you know? my God. See? Nice and smooth. Like I'm butter. getting excited just, just hearing about <laughs> this right now. So, so I mean, you, but you guys, like, how did that relationship start to develop after you're just kind of helping him out, you know, at the store and then you get along, he's inviting you to a bottle share. And it's like, how do you maintain that relationship? You just in the shop all the time or? Uh, it was more so he kept doing like maybe monthly little small shares that would go over. But this is also around the time he was getting heavy into trying to perfect his stout brewing. 
and I already had some homebrewing experience, so he was always bouncing stuff off of me. So we just constantly communicated back and forth, spit ideas back and forth. I didn't really do many stouts. I was more into, like he said, like Kettle farmhouse, sign, like farmhouse, culturing, hill farmstead, dregs and all that. You're crazy. <laughs> but uh, like I read like lots of uh, brewing for element books, like yeast books and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's talking, like he mentioned Tennessee whiskey. So I'm like, why are you using that, dude? That's going to be fusel as hell. What are you doing? Please don't. Just, yeah. So, so you're reading like hops, water, yeast. Yeah. So. Yeah. The water, the water book was awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't understand the first half of it. The it water book come, has come up multiple times on this podcast and everybody's like, it's dry. <laughs> no. Ha it's dry. Get it? Water. But like, yeah, but you. I thought you I knew so, so much, much. And then I reading through that book. I'm like, God damn, I've been brewing yeah. shitty beer this whole time. <laughs> Uh, What's Chris, wrong with I've me? I've had so many people talk about that book. I mean, like the, the, oh. those, those books in general, but but uh, just how important it was early on for them. Oh yeah, like, like what am I looking the... at here? This is, this is Dimensions of Time Five. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to see one with a label on it. Okay, they're looking pretty. And you designed that too, then? I did. Sorry, we we were just talking about uh, your 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 cultivating of the relationship that the two of you had. Uh, just kind of how you continued it over time with with uh, did he, did he you know. Did you call me an asshole? No, no. He, he said uh, only only like three times until you until you were like Tennessee whiskey. <laughs> he was like, all right, now you're an asshole. Uh, really quick on the brewing for uh, the water book. Uh, the first half of that book, I always said it's like uh, the handbook for recently recently deceased from Beetlejuice. It's it reads like stereo instructions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, I've never, and trust me, I've never read it, but but I hear about it so often from from brewers and people that you know just been through the journey and just kind of were like, yeah, you got to read these books. You know, these are part of the game. Oh, I, I got thirty five pages into that book and I couldn't. The go. water one. Yeah. Oh, the first half is ridiculous. It's crazy. The, I, the the second half or maybe the last third is pretty useful. Is it? Well, oh, somebody yeah. should have told me to fast forward because I just couldn't stay awake through the first 30. Uh, that was a rough one. So we it was, are, be- it was you, better you than are, the Hops book. You are drizzling a little something into our glass right now. Let's, this is the Four Horsemen which beer. Which we talked about earlier. We bit. talked about earlier, and it's called the Four Horsemen. Um, in, that sound, might sound a little odd since there was just three brewers involved, but um, it's a nod to uh, J.R. Miller, our, the the liaison between all of us like if he was the one who brought everybody together yeah yeah so to to me this like as soon as i get get my nose into it i'm getting just like that kind of feeling of like this doesn't have like any frills to it it's 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 barrel and stout am i right that is is that is it you may have mentioned that earlier and that's why i knew that but i'm just smelling it and saying like this is this is naked like this is the wood and the so stout. the youngest beer is twenty months. The oldest is thirty months that went into this. That's right. Yeah. Um, and again, there wasn't. We didn't sit down and have some sort of master plan that we would do thirty months. It was just, you know, we did this. I did this beer. I put it in there, and we kept tasting it over time, and it kept developing and getting better. And Dave's was getting better, and honestly, his was the best out of the bunch as far as like flavor and mouthfeel. Where my the aroma of mine was the best, so it was like a perfect storm. Uh, mine didn't hit the notes on taste that I wanted. Um, I used a San Diego Super Yeast for the first time, and it just one of the. I think it fermented out to like almost sixteen or seventeen percent. It was just like ate, outrageous. Ate, it huh? ate everything, but the nose was just incredible, fantastic. Um, Dave was just this really chewy, thick, chocolatey 
beer and Aaron's was great too. Um, and it had some of the things that mine were missing and some of the things that Dave's were missing. And we were just like, well, fuck it. Let's just put them all together. <laughs> and, and we, you know, we would go up and pull samples and we'd blend them. And at the end we did, we, we, with like 20 people at a bottle share, we did a blend of all three together. We did each single one and then a blend for everybody. And they tasted through everyone and all of them picked the blend as being their favorite. Oh, so okay. we, we just said, well, that's it. You know, that's what we got to do. That's gorgeous. Uh, like, just for like, uh, I guess for listeners who like, is is this a beer? How much of this was made? Like, how much was available? Where could they get it at? Like, I'm... I think it. Uh, I don't know the specific number number of bottles, but I think it was a thousand somewhere around there. It's very limited. Um, not many out there. Same with mine. Mine was, was like sold out of Ellison. Out of Ellison. So uh-huh. it was on the same weekend. I did the release of the Dimensions of Time beers. Uh, Aaron released Four Horsemen and then four of his double barrel beers that were that are also incredible. His barley wine stout blend was just phenomenal. I thought um, his apple brandy was a chocolate bomb. It was incredible. Yeah, this beer. Uh, I just wondered like how many people would be able to touch this beer, and I'm trying to give it to something. Give give it up next to something like uh, I don't know, like what would be comparable, like a double barrel Bourbon County this year or something, like like something that's going to touch a bunch more people, but, so, but have like that barrel and stout. Yeah. Um, again, everybody's taste is subjective, but I've been following along on Untapped. I know I shouldn't. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible thing to do as a brewer to look at that, but I'm seeing people doing this uh, taste of dot one dimensions of time one uh four horsemen maman and you know the like and four horsemen in a lot of regards is winning and sometimes dot one is winning which is incredible because i I, uh, no, it feels like uh i I don't know i have imposter syndrome because i just ah yes i drink maman next to my beer and i'm like it's no contest but to have somebody that's not so close to it drink it and say four horsemen just beat my mom 19 in a blind is like mm. what like, that's no. not real no. fuck you <laughs> you're lying yeah my mom's a beast well that man. comes down yeah. to subjectiveness at the same time totally it really does yeah totally agree because i prefer personally drier especially barrel aged beer more whiskey barrel character mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a good point too around the dryness of it i i kind of like a little more dry as well um but definitely the the hype piece, as you would say, prefer the sweeter, as you've been talking about. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, which is the vocal majority. It, it right now it is, but I think that we've been seeing a trend of people kind of moving away from that. I don't know if, if you've seen that. I oh, I've greatly appreciated what Revolution's been doing with their barrel program. Oh my god, yeah, um, Revolution's doing some just some really great stuff. I would. If you're listening, Revolution, I would love to come out and brew with you sometime. Hey, Doug. What's <laughs> hey, up, Doug? Doug? I know Doug personally. Um, Doug's, Doug's a, a great, yeah, Doug's Doug's a a great guy. Come on, Doug. Get me out there, please. I, reco- I, would... I recorded a panel the other day. At, it was at Crafted in December or January we did it. And uh, Josh was on. Uh, Josh Deeth was on with Josh Noel. And Oh, cool. We're just, we're just laughing because everybody's like, you guys are making people drink barley wine again. Like, you know, like, straight jacket. Woo! Yeah, I am not a huge barley wine fan, but um, the barley wines that they've been putting out, like, are, well, between Rev and uh, Don't Drink Beer, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, dude, oh Alex kids, Alex kids got him, oh. got him drinking that. Like, so good, good. 
Alex Kidd, I think last week did a podcast and he oh, opened. Oh well, then I already Horseman. listened to it and I didn't and I didn't put it together because no. I listen to no, Mocha Tour every week. Me too. I didn't hear yeah. them talk about it. It comes yet. out next week. Oh, okay, good, Thursday? good, good. Thursday? Yeah, Thursdays, I, baybie. I think I listened to Mocha Tour's week. newest episode on the way here, which is their fermented live in San Francisco. It, it's funny. You I actually wa- just sent him a box of afterthought. Oh, the one they put out a, today. A few months ago. No, a few months ago I sent him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't a few hear months ago I sent him out a box of afterthought beer, and then I threw you know afterthought the saisons and stuff that Mike Thorpe's doing, and then and then I I threw in like a hot picture. They're like a crispy boy. Yeah. Did you ever see that guy's Instagram? Like, oh yeah. So yeah. I got. I watch him all the time. Me, he tagged me, and he just like throws the bottles back in the box. Like uh-huh. he's like, eh, fuck it. Yeah, he's like, oh, this, is some, this is some weird. Yeah. <laughs> Did you oh, one of those? This is some weird <laughs> juice from Michigan or something. You know, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He, so I I, oh, I, I actually I saved I saved the Instagram story of his unboxing of what I sent him and it was really funny. He was, like, <laughs> I he saw that out, one. He pulled too. out like a hot butcher beer and he was like, "These guys actually use real meat in their IPAs," <laughs> and like, throws it back in the box. Dude, that guy's a, he's oh, a classic. He pulls out like a crispy boy from Alarmist and he's like, he says something like, "This doesn't even have any vanilla or pie in it," and he just <laughs> throws yeah. it off to the side. I I, I was like. I, I kind of in my job I have to be observant of things and I you know whatnot and so I'm 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 very keen to see what's going on around the main thing that's going on and I'm looking I'm like is he getting all those boxes to his office Oh yeah he's a lawyer <laughs> I mean, he's a lawyer Could he, you he, imagine I messaged him on Instagram we talked back and forth about some things I literally I was like hey have you heard of Afterthought He's like no I haven't heard of them they brick and mortar blah 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 and like before I even responded to him he's already typing and I see he's typing and he, he pops a message he's like wait is that Mike Thorpe and I'm like, yeah, actually it is. He's like, yeah, I had some Thorpe juice, you know, back in 2016, uh, homebrew stuff. He's like, yeah, send me that Thorpe juice. Here's my law office, you know, address. And he sends it to me. <laughs> and I was like, I'll send you all this stuff on one condition that you unbox it on Instagram and do that voice. Because <laughs> I, love, I love his unboxings. I'm they glad you did up. that. I'm glad you did he that. He did like Little Beaver last year and it cracked me up. He was like, oh, this is like beer for children, you know. He's oh, like laughing at the labels, you know. He's like, nobody uh, needs an escape from the crushing weight of the world like children do you know that's hilarious he must get boxes daily oh, at yeah. that office and genuinely nice guy too like he's a he's so a very like you sent him cordial. what's that you sent him beer uh dave watkins sent him okay four i was gonna say somebody probably sent no in the back of my mind beer. i've been meaning to tell you to I, send him beer <laughs> i'm like i'm like looking in the background i'm like either he's getting this to his office or he's the worst decorated house in the history of the world no he's a fancy boy he definitely has a, oh i'm I'm, yeah. I'm sure i i'll be honest like i i i've been afraid i don't want to send i want to and i don't want to send alex my my beer because he is either he 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 will define your your next evolution of your career if he doesn't like it or don't if he him, does. Don't like give him it. that much credit. He do, he, well, he, he shit does. on some Santadarius bottles a few times and and they're still doing fine. Yeah, right? we just had Sante it's, on yeah, the show, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I don't again don't brew enough to make up for that lost time. So so <laughs> when, when this for, if, if it's not dimensions though, it's this right? It's the four horsemen yeah, that got I, sent to I him. Didn't send him dimensions. If there's one thing that he he goes for, it's a non it's a non adjuncted barrel character oh, style. He's a so bourbon guy too. So. I got a feeling he's gonna he's so gonna what, have what some. So what if I just sent him a keg? <laughs> I'd like to see him just drop that. He'd on probably the floor. make jokes about how some weird guy in Chicago sent him a keg of beer and he's yeah. a homebrew. I think Rev sent them a straitjacket keg or something. Oh, dude. well, they did it for like uh, one of their live appearances okay, too. Nice. I think, yeah, so like, yeah, they they gave him a guest keg or whatever. But but yeah, I mean, he's an interesting guy in in the beer world. Uh, but he's 
always been super friendly like through online interactions with them so i'm looking forward to them coming back to chicago for this podcast now i, I just want to hear the next episode with this is on it because i want to well rarely do i have the beer that he's drinking let, let's take a note from alex kidd's book and i want i want to hear the average joe's uh thoughts on four he, horsemen he's not a big vocabulary guy i'm not he's right he's right he must have listened to a couple episodes because i'm not <laughs> i listened to a the, bunch dude. the whole point of, of the, doing my podcast was not to like drink and review beer it was more like the people in things it. change it's, bitch <laughs> i like that it's a people industry you know i like the people but the, like i said i, I kind of gave you my thoughts like as soon as i stuck my nose in it i was like this is a un, untethered like just a straight up barrel aged stout like there's nothing to it they didn't add anything it's not the it's not that big chewy thing but it's got that great body so it's hard now to decipher because people are used to these things like we we poured out a uh de los de los muertes like uh medianoche Mm -hmm. and it was like drinking a 450 slushy at the bottom of the can in a stout formation and it was delicious don't get the flavors were incredible but it's like it's hard to decipher people's palates so when you're like talking to hundreds of beer nerds it's like when i say thick it doesn't mean the same thing as you think yeah, is thick yeah. you know like like so for this like this doesn't strike me as thick because i've had you know imperial chocolate cake from yeah you know yeah. Uh, that's just way i love it i can have yeah, four ounces of it and i love to share that with yeah, other people totally. you know? those guys all those the big pastry boys down in florida they do great stuff but i just can't right drink it with any sort of repetitiveness <laughs> so like like i loved uh this year's iteration of straight uh vzs from hailstorm i loved hailstorms vlad zombie shark their adjunct version was like overwhelming to me the maple and vanilla much, yeah. it was like overwhelming but i thought that they had a good beer and a good base at 18 percent, you know in barrel age in a barrel age format uh so like that that's what i'm looking for when i have yeah. something like this you know in straight bourbon county you know like bourbon you, county is a decent benchmarker like, you're hitting on all the things like if, if you look at it my my two top beers that i would hands down i, I search out all the time are bbt side project and sr 71 and i actually like batch two quite never a bit never had sr 71 it's sr 71 top and goliath i don't know what they do and they might have something in it that I just don't know about. Mm-hmm. I think Corey's talked a little bit about it, that maybe they have an adjunct in it or not. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to speak out of turn by any means or put words in anybody's mouth. But however they get that savoriness in those toppling glass stouts, I, I, I want to know how like they Like I had that. Assassin a couple of different years worth of Assassin. I, like, I was underwhelmed by it. But again, I was in a setting like you described earlier at Dark Lord Day. Yeah, well, it's hard. Rinsing my yeah. glass <laughs> with, uh, you know... The only spit way spit or something, you know, you don't know what you yeah. know what you're doing. You're risking it with a pilsner or something, and then, and then going in. But the only way you I was be... underwhelmed. But like I've had Morning Delight, and I've had I've never had KBBS. I've never had SR seventy one. Uh but you know they're quality beers from the ones that I've had, like the Assassin and all that. It's just absolutely, they weren't like they didn't have that thing that you look for to like knock your socks off because that's where we're at now. We're like the, it reflects the culture of the common American now. It's like. Everything is now, everything's information, everything's fast, your iPhone, all, all that stuff. It's like, you kind of reflects that in beer now. It's like, you want, you need something to whack you over the head just to let you know that you're, that something different is happening. Yeah. And that's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is 
which, which is what, what you I, were talking about earlier when you were talking about the beer is like kind of bad like, yeah yeah but not it's, like it's, everything's it, bad but it's like, not kind of bad. bad it's just it's just again like how can i get your attention mm-hmm. <laughs> like what how how much excess can i give to get that attention and uh i i my goal is to kind of change that a little bit and, and try to dial that back and say like let's get back to the pure and i tell you what people have been messaging me and they're like dot one they're like this is fucking incredible or even like that one the, was this, crazy this maple uh, maple vanilla here number four that's number, number four. four is maple what's vanilla. number five by the way just uh, side chocolate note. cinnamon chocolate cinnamon okay and, go back to that and, and maple vanilla is a fan favorite right now but what i'm hearing from people is like it's a little polarizing some people say they don't get barrel and then other people are like hey this is like I taste the vanilla, I taste the maple, I taste the stout, and I taste the barrel. And they're they're almost saying that in like it's been a while yeah. since I've tasted like stout and barrel are like <laughs> adjuncts in themselves at this point because you're not used to tasting them anymore. Yeah, because you're like, used to being what? overwhelmed by these these crazy ingredients. And it's like no matter how they get there, whether it be with you know extracts or 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 real vanilla bean or some form of like flavoring you know on top of real vermont maple syrup versus that you know no matter how they get there you're just used to tasting all these other things like vanilla is almost a base now vanilla is not even like and that's my favorite one to work with but then when you taste one like we tasted the vanilla that you poured off your keg earlier like that that it wakes you up you're like oh this is like vr you know like this is like that that level you know goodness versus like somebody just says well this is a vanilla and cacao nib stout you know yeah yeah and i I, i'm a purist when it comes to the beans i you know i go back and forth some brewers you know obviously advances in technology give you the ability to put vanilla oil straight into a barrel if you want to right um and while i think that's probably fine and i don't have anything against that and i think it can make a wonderful beer um there's something to me, like my process of it is, like let's just say the vanilla heritage, if you drink that, it tastes like ice cream. I put 40 vanilla beans in a 15-gallon barrel and let it sit for six months. My living room smelled like vanilla at the end of the cycle of that Febreze. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> but... There's something about the natural decomposition of vanilla inside of that barrel with the alcohol and those caustic environment over time that makes it stay. Whereas when I find like even some of these advances in technology, and again, I'm not shitting on those. I think that's probably good to some degree, and <clears throat> but they they lack the staying power. I find like when you when you kind of shortcut it. I don't want to say it's a shortcut. Again, I I don't have anything against it, but it. There's something about that time that time gives you that, and there's scales. There's you yeah, know there's scale. like who's doing it at this level? How many how many barrels you making? Like you know whatever. Like they, yeah. some some guy, these guys don't have the option to do that. You know, yep. or just be ridiculous, or it wouldn't come out the same way as it did. And yeah. you know you're talking about barrel sizes and you know you know that that surface area that you're covering. You know at this point, are you putting beer into fifty three gallon yeah, um, bourbon barrels? I'm one hundred. Everything we talked about, yeah. you know, was kind of the earlier days, basically. There was something easy and lovely well it wasn't easy i don't want to say that um because you're brewing in a 1100 square foot condo open yeah. loft condo yeah, there's nothing it's easy not, about what you're talking super about easy on the fourth floor of a thing um but y- there was something 
uh, romantic about it in a way. And there was a certain amount of control that you have with it that you at scale is harder to execute. So when these brewers, you know, whether it be Hill Farmstead, Sarah, Side Project, Toppling Goliath, whatever, they execute these really great beers. They're doing something special and phenomenal that uh, exceeds what you can do in that sort of very romantic setting of full control of your very small batch, right? there, you, you just have so much more control over a small batch. And if a small batch fucks up, you dump it. And it's not a huge loss. It's a loss, but it's not a huge loss. These guys are like taking massive risks and creating these great beers on the on the back end, and uh, they they deserve to be uh, they deserve all the accolades and recognition that they get. Um, there's one thing I want to say, and then I want to ask Marmando about some more adjuncting because I I want to get yeah. his thoughts in here. But I feel like somebody needs to say this because I don't know if it's said enough. But maple syrup and maple extract are two different things and i and i say that because i have a maple beer and i have a maple vanilla beer i've smelled it (laughs) the the first thing that people say i don't get any maple in this no well you don't get aunt jemima's uh sugary syrupy maple extract high fructose corn syrup we did maple concentrate versus like maple syrup in a collab beer that we did once at hubbard's and it was like you crack one open and the whole brewery smells like a pancake factory and you crack the other open it's like this subtle kind of yeah and and i have a hard time like yeah well i'm not i'm not i don't have a hard time with that, honestly but like I, I i sometimes i get frustrated <laughs> I, I don't have a hard i don't time. know i don't have a hard time i get frustrated sometimes when that you get these ultra purists that are about oh you use this extract in your beer use that in your beer and then they come to a maple beer and they're like that doesn't taste like maple like no actually it does it's legit maple <laughs> that's it's, the maple that comes out of the fucking tree not a, the stuff that comes out of a factory that's like reduced it down mm. into this like weird chemical I essence. tapped a fucking maple tree <laughs> yeah. with a tap and that's a five all gallon bucket and a done, hoe I'm you know? done ranting but you know I use maple and I've used maple a lot and I've used maple barrels it's this clear sap god damn it and and using maple barrels sucks because you can't judge how much liquid maple the barrel itself the wood has pulled into it so (laughs) the thing about maple is you know you put that maple syrup into that bourbon barrel and it's naturally inclined to live inside of wood so it goes into the wood and then you pour beer into it and the beer is like sucks it right back out and your your beer jumps 12 gravity you know points yeah yeah. 0.12 here comes residual sugars and and all that good stuff too it's a it's a that's a that's the science part but all right so before before we pull him in on uh thoughts on other things i want to pull both of you in on thoughts uh to come back to uh the four horsemen so you guys asked me so now what do you what do you guys feel about that that beer specifically i mean I'm going to point to Armando. Because, because, I mean, when I take that glass that I just drank it out of and shove my nose in it empty right now and just pull back on it, it's like, yeah, there was stout in here, but there's a lot of bourbon coming off of that bitch. So that's Half the of them thing. were his barrels. That's the thing. So spirits are strong. If you just pour whiskey into your beer, it's going to water it down to like a thinning level to a perceived mouthfeel. And in this world of pastry thick stout boys where it's all sweet uh and you age it in a barrel it's it's gonna be hard to come through because there's so much sugar to come through but if you have like a solid stout and you age it in something like this like it's gonna come across as a little thin i would say perceived to what the current trend is but 
the base beer is still there and the whiskey and the barrel are all there. So when you see people like on the tab saying, oh, I wish I had more barrel, like it's hard when you want it sweet too. You can't have both. You need to find, it's hard to find like that balance and like this has all of it, I think. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. What do you get? What do you guys feel about this? I mean, so I've just from talking to you, Armando, for, for the last couple hours, it's like, I can see that you're on another level for me when it comes to OG. You might be a few years younger than me in age, but uh, but in the beer game, you've been deeper in it for longer than I have. So so for you, what is it like to watch this kind of progression and watch like what you're describing right now with these pastry esque stouts and these sweeter things? Like I like. I mean, working in retail, trying to sell beer, like I have to come from it from a less personal standpoint like like i like i've said i like drier beers like in comes ipas i like more west coast if it's a hazy ipa i prefer it more a little bit more dry and bitter like in that like locally i like saint Laurent a lot in that category oh, that rhythm uh, recipe that rhythm recipe 9.3 percent that, that might be a little sweet for my yeah, i haven't tried sweeter, right. i haven't tried it yet but uh, what's your jam from them what's your number one just give me a, a base i just need a base mentally for myself my favorite so like from a, them? Like a fuzzy like bridges. Like Wander like, on is wander up there. On, okay. Wander on's up there. Which is like one of their kind of I don't want to call it a flat. It's like a cornerstone for them. It's wander like, on's uh, up there. Through that first at, at Or was uh, it what was it? Uh that chapter one citra, whatever that was called back in the day. Mm. Remember that? Well, chapter one citra was ridiculous. Seven fifty from my But that was seven fifty, so I was gonna yeah, say yeah. The basic set. Uh basic set's like good. Their, look at he's watching he's watching his don't don't drink beers. So, somebody, <laughs> somebody sent, sent him dimension. Alex Kid Dimension Five. Oh my! Like God. right now? Like is this fresh? Yeah, is just, he? Ju- did he just up. tag you? It just tagged me. Stop it! Tell me it wasn't you. He's pretending it wasn't him. He's like, <laughs> I didn't do that. What's the handle? What's the handle? I know. Come on, yeah, right. Seriously, <laughs> this is like this nightmares happening live. He's wow. cringing in self consciousness like, right now. Like this is all one recording He's right like, here. Fuck, we didn't stop this. Fuck. Have this conversation about don't drink beer and then come back to it. Like, His mind just this wh- is actually happening right now. I think this is very similar right, to my so wife. Five, five is um, I'm melting ma- down. Five is maple. Five is uh, no, cho- no, chocolate, cinnamon. chocolate cinnamon. Oh, I can't wait. He's gonna be like, this, this tastes like straight up cinnamon. <laughs> he's, he's gonna shit all over it. No, I no, think he won't. He's, I'm he's, pretty sure Brian's brain works in the same process as my wife, where something happens and her brain just cycles into the worst possible scenario. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going through that right now. I'm yeah. ru- I'm, and everything's going to come out. For the listeners, out. I'm rubbing my face and like what? <laughs> he legitimately is, is too. Like he <laughs> legit- so this is like literally happening right now. So I can go. Can I go on Instagram right now and see you, that this story you, is literally happening? Literally happening right now. Oh God, this is amazing. Oh, well, everyone's doing. He's it. one of my. He's one of my favorite follows. So I'm glad that I'm glad this is happening while we just talked about him two seconds ago. It, it, what feels like two seconds ago? That looks good if you ever listen to that this. That is so funny. Don't drink you're, beer. You're there awesome. he is. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see how this how this comes out. Is it under Don't Drink Beer? Dimensions of time fine, the synonym version. This is for the people who don't want to be a bitch about the synonym. <laughs> so this is made at Ellison, but it's also made by Barclay, but it doesn't have the other guy from Four Horsemen. This is all very confusing, and I'm sure that this is going to be worth $200. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, the joy that I'm feeling right I, now is real, guys. Just just know that in a good way. Hey, Brian, this I'm, is this I, is all love from him right now too. Like he I, is not like. He is not th- looking at that and going, fuck this guy. I want to drown him. Like He's like literally having fun with this, and he's probably going to really appreciate the beer that, that was so, Alex. So I, I'm in a meltdown, though, because Air- Alex Kidd has these beers, and he could completely... Wait, 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 wait. wait. But I'm f- in a meltdown. Let's back off a bit. He already quoted the running secondary value. Yeah. You know he's in this thing. So he knows there's hype. So he, He's making fun of the secondary right now. Which he does, but he's in that, and he's super well, curious. I, so he's going to go into this. But to Joe's point, I, I, I feel like I need to immediately send him uh, Dimensions 1. Just to give him a base, right? That, I, I, that was my first I, thought. I want to like, say... Like, God, he should have the I, first one. I, I want to say go throw that in the garbage. Don't even open it. Uh, send it to a relative you hate, and then uh, open this Dimensions of Time 1. Can I, can I make a prediction right now? Because we don't know. He may have gotten more than what he just showed us in that box. Oh, yeah. They may have sent him the whole set for all we know. But I could be wrong. He might have opened that with other random beers from Chicagoland. Dimensions was just a throw in with, you know, whatever. Somebody threw in a bunch of like half acre shit or something else too, you know. He so, is 100% going to love Four Horsemen. I'm going to say that right now. All right. Based well, off what I've good, listened to good. him and what he likes and what he doesn't like. All right, so... Would it be weird if I sent him a personal Instagram message right now? Just do of it. Us doing this just to be like, it. hey, just so you know, we're literally recording and this is being recorded right now. You know, right. Let, let's do let's it. yeah, let's do, do this. Let's send it to him. Hold on, let's so see. you can see the desperation on my face. Can I right. hold the bottle next to him, Brian. All right, Alex. So we've talked before. I've sent you some beer. So literally, we just saw that you posted your Instagram story. So I'm here with Brian Barclay right now. His friend Armando from Warehouse Liquors and myself of Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. All right, Alice. All right, so we'll, hold on. Let's, I'm going to send him that, and then we'll send him a follow-up real quick, too, and tell him, like, this is literally be re- being recorded right now. I should have just kept going, but I, I stopped. Oh, wait a, a second. Of is this above average? Oh, this is much above average. <laughs> Why did I think it was called Average Joe? It's called Average Joe's Above, above Average Joe's. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. It's oh. both. So, Alex, literally, like, this is being recorded right now. We're drinking. Uh, we just drank Four Horsemen, which I think we heard you guys are have, are doing maybe in an upcoming episode. And we're cracking into Dimensions 4. And there's the Dimensions 5, which I believe is what was sent to you. Wait, oh, it looks like Brian's going to crack it right now. But we four. just want you to know that we're literally recording a podcast right now. And we just had a conversation about you in a glowing way, by the way. Uh, we, we had a conversation no, about you. No, it was not glowing. <laughs> We just had a conversation <laughs> about don't drink beer. That was and, Armando, not me. And, uh, I love and you, Alex. Alex Kidd. So we thought it was pretty hilarious and ironic at the same time that you're just being sent this and opening the mail uh, of a batch five. It was a batch five, right? Or what, uh, what do they call it? Blend five. Blend five of the uh, dimensions. Dude, this is great content. <laughs> yeah. Where's your camera at now? No, it's, it's over there. Here we go. I would love to see what he. This is D five dot five right here being poured. All right, well, t- t- no more, no more recording now. No more content. Uh, All right, so okay. back to our podcast as we just sent podcast live Instagram. Uh, is podcast great. is content. I'm gonna leave the phone up there like this open. We'll see if he responds to any of it or if he bothers to watch it. Usually he does respond. So. As you can see, he, I'm amazed at how active he is. Yeah, yeah, he does I, not. I don't he does not, not mind getting back and forth with people. Um, but anyways, I, I f- fucking forgot where we were at. Honestly, 
We're, we're talking about the the barrel spirits, I think, well, on, on the Four Horsemen and like the kind of the current state. We've of also things. drank yeah, 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 about yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe twenty ounces each of fifteen percent barrel aged out. So I probably should get the blow up mattress for you. Yeah, right. You're not, Jesus. <laughs> you're not driving. Home. I have to figure out a way to cartwheel home now from here. But <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm I'm well I'm well experienced. Oh God, you filled up another glass. Sorry, we'll just I, drink a touch. All of right. It. Well, here, I'll trade that one for this one for now. Just That's a smart a little move. sippy. Smart move. Just watch yeah. uh, Creed Breton's cartwheel God practicing video. Yeah, love Creed. Uh, so, all right, we, we were talking about barrel spirits and that, and we were talking. You kind of made a little statement of how we get there with certain adjuncts and things like that, and you know what we also covered earlier, like what you put in your beer. You want you like you wanted to play at first. You wanted to kind of try things yeah, at first. Experiment. Like, you weren't you weren't Art. against you know do what you got to do. Then you covered the maple on the soapbox. I did <laughs> the maple did. and soapbox, and then we talked about uh, we talked about the kind of like straight stout spirit. And I was kind of looking at Armando, thinking like his journey through this beer world. Like, it's changed a lot since you were kind of deep in the game. So now you're kind of at this point of what? How are you deciphering like what you can sell to people, and then what you like? You know. Well, just circling back to adjuncts in general. You got people that appreciate natural, organic adjuncts, as Brian said, non-extract. But then you got customers who are like, "Well, if it says maple on the label, I better taste maple." Like, and, and not 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 traditional maple, but factory exactly, yeah. chemical maple. So you, it's it's impossible to appeal to both crowds. Like, it's especially like back. Well, let's say back earlier in the day. You're in craft beer in the local world. If you're using extracts, that's a big taboo, which is he's touched on because he started in that era. Uh, but nowadays, like, it doesn't matter as long as you're achieving that flavor. It's just like, I, I think, I think it's just gonna have to eventually level off to a middle ground somewhere. I don't think either or is bad. I think, I don't, I don't, I don't really, really know. I don't know. There's all these like thoughts of like, eventually these things are going to happen like because we have that conversation a lot on this podcast of like eventually breweries are going to have to stop opening up and like more are going to have to close and less are going to have to open you know this bubble that people like to talk about but it's not happening yet so it's like and you talk about adjuncting and things like well i mean it's it's not black and white like a bubble bursting but oversaturation and leveling out is a whole other thing right but but i mean like the adjuncting it's like i don't know because there's still going to be dudes that are like that's not enough. Let's keep putting it in there. Like, there's... Uh, I, you know, I, well, that's, I think that's, that's going to be a separate niche. May, yeah, and I, I, I agree with Armando, and I, I sort of see this coming down to a very small niche. I don't think that the and sorry, Sean, I love you, but the Chantilly's IPAs are not going to stay around forever. I think we know that, and I think Sean knows that. When when Sean and I talk, it's just like, hey, I'm going to brew. Lost in the moment. Yeah, I'm going to brew what people... That beer is so fucking good. <laughs> I'm going to brew what people want to drink, right? But I, I think that if we spend even five minutes on any of the beer boards these days, and whether it's Beer Advocate or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, there's like a massive uh, influx of Pilsner drinkers now. Like they, they're, they're almost like... It's so polarizing. Like they've gone to the extreme opposite end. Yeah, but I they to... only roll their eyes when they tell you what they're drinking. I'm drinking a lager. It's I'm only it's drinking mostly brewers too. 
in, no, industry it's not breweries. That's the weird thing, though, is it's, that that's coming out the other end now, too, because now the brewers are like, I'm just drinking hazies. <laughs> because it was. But when I first started this, it was like, I only drink Pilsners. I'm trying to find like lagers when I'm at every festival. But now I'm seeing more of them are like, it's almost like eating itself. It's like a circle that continuously eats itself. I think it's just trying to get circled back to refreshing drinkable beer, which yeah. is why that was I've thing, aligned myself with like West Coast IPAs. I, I don't think yeah, this will go... Dry. Yeah, let me let me let me clarify. I don't think this will go away, but I think we'll start to see the beer drinker have more balance in their in their repertoire. It's not going to be I'm going to have a thousand BA stouts in my cellar. I think it's going to be like, oh, I'm going to have a nice twelve pack of pilsners in here. I'm going to have a few BA stouts down here. I might have a hazy here. I might have a West Coast. And and these things sort of things I think are do work in cycles to Armando's point. But I, I nothing ever stays right i mean things constantly progress and constantly change you can compare it to music genres like think yeah. of rock i mean look, i don't know look at all the sub genres blink 182 still writing teenage uh you know yeah uh, but they went through a lot like songs. everything like nostalgia is a huge key like look at me is, is it okay for <laughs> look at me 45 year old guys <laughs> yeah. be writing uh you know high school why uh, not punk kids oh yeah maybe you're right I don't everything know. comes in cycles but just look at rock. Look at subgenres. Look at metal. Look at all the subgenres of metal: grindcore, screamcore, post-hardcore. So you keep deep. going. You're deeper and in the, the game and, than and, me. And the and the Taylor Swifts are the Pilsners of the world. They're the Bud Lights. They're so refreshing. I mean, Taylor, <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that. They're far. the seltzer waters though. Taylor, Taylor hey, Swift you know five years ago. I, I would just say. watched the Netflix documentary on Taylor Swift. Pretty you, moving, guys. Pretty moving. No, I did not yeah. Watch it. I don't know much about her, but you know she's hardworking as fuck. That's that's what you get out of it. And basically. you'd appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I appreciate that. Her, you get it. Her moral Old goals. Girl works hard. Her moral goals. One of my favorite musicians, Billy Bragg. Um, he got to present an NME award award in the United Kingdom with Taylor Swift, and he was sort of surprised, like five minutes before, and he was like, "Holy fuck." And uh, this is a man that I respect a ton, both just his work ethic, musically and politically. Yeah. And uh, he 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 comes he comes out. He's like, you you're not gonna believe this, but I just had the privilege of meeting Taylor Swift, and we had a minute to talk about politics and music and this. And he's like, she's fucking legit. Like, and and having a legit guy that's forged in the '70s all the way up through now, and still touring around and playing, you know, uh, what's the fucking um, Ah, fuck it. I, I can't remember. Anyway. Was that a venue you were searching for? Or what? No, I was searching for uh, uh, Woody Guthrie. He, you know, he's he's around. Sometimes he does. He's Woody Guthrie. Too. He's really in this political activism, and he, he's really a good judge of, from what I can tell, a good judge of character and people. And uh, can, I, can I break in? Break in, break in. Break Up in. next Ale on the Taylor Swift podcast. Alex Kidd responds, <laughs> holy shit, that's crazy. LOL, I dropped $145 on that goddamn Blend 5. <laughs> he bought it secondary. Text him back. I told you. And tell him I will send him the rest of them for free. <laughs> and and I am typing and dictating at the same You guys entertain each other while I while I text, text Dude, this. I wish I said it sooner, but I've been meaning to tell you to send him beer. He would legit I, love all your beer. I didn't want to, but I'm going to send him, I, tell him I'm sending why. him the rest and tell him no thank you beers back <laughs> no thank you beers back just don't shit on my beers just please. unless no, they're absolutely say, you gone. can't say that unless they were absolutely got off you had no, to let no. him shit if he wants to shit you could at, guys i'm terrified of us you could just ask him to at least try one no ask him to try one on his podcast he's my worst nightmare 
Ask him to try one on his podcast. Uh, it's so funny that I'm, I'm literally typing to him saying like, and he's legitimately terrified of you. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Legitimately he'll he'll appreciate that, I think, but like also be like, well, dude, I got to do what I got to do. He's not going to shit on you to shit on you for fun. I might have just shitting on him, you. It's because you gave him a shitty beer, which you didn't, obviously. I may have just gave him fuel to be more judgmental because I am intimidated by him. No, he's brutally honest. I'm actually just letting him know now that we're still actually recording and dictating these messages that's beautiful this is the best podcast it's like the most heard uh what, what did you what was that movie with matthew mcconaughey the fucking the t- oh, leo with leo and days and confused that's a good one but leo's not in that one which one the one where he plays like a dad that no, was the one where they're, they're like uh they're like, like everything's going in like it's like inside dreams inside dreams inside inception, dreams. inception there it is Right, in the, oh, no, 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 that's Leo Interstellar. DiCaprio. You're right. Leo was right, though. I was right about Leo. I was wrong about Matthew McConaughey. That was my fault. But yes, that was the one. Yeah, uh, don't do a movie podcast. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. Good call on that. He's keep got go, clout no, in guys, the. Keep, uh, keep going, so I can type. He's got clout in the. Uh, what is it? Sports. The sports. Uh, gaming. Uh, fantasy. I, fantasy. Oh, yes, fantasy. fantasy sports. I, who, who does? Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> I, I used to. I yeah, used to years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah He's I got club, dude. Me and my buddy used to do fantasy football podcasts. He did that and drink Lagunitas. I know yep. nothing about that. I had a friend that was, uh, that worked at Lagunitas before the Pilsen joint opened up. And he was like, oh, yeah. He would always come visit his uh, wife where I worked. And he was like, here, Joe, have some beer to try. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I drink, like, not this beer. So... I was drinking Czech pills and uh, and Ooh, uh, Czech pills are phenomenal. Dogtown, Dogtown and stuff he would give me, and all of a sudden I was like, I think I like this stuff, you know. And you, uh, you we mentioned were, you mentioned old money or old school. That's, yeah, that's what I grew up in. Yeah, I'm not old money enough. I feel like, but you drink I, those beers, so you get it. No, I definitely, I definitely drink those beers. You like get regular the flavor profile. IPA mm-hmm. and, and daytime and all that stuff. Like I love those beers and Czech and censored chronic. You well, know, that, those that, were that. extreme styles at uh-huh. that time of day. Yeah, Lagunitas was my shit, but they were in California. You know, they were just thinking about coming to Chicago at the time, but then when they came. This dude started working for him. He was giving me all these six packs. I'm like, hey, let's talk about Lagunitas while we do our football show. <laughs> and talk about fantasy football week to week like idiots. Uh, that was like, I don't know, eight years ago. Anyways, digressing from everything that we're talking about right now. So back to where we were at. We were talking about... Uh, Spirits and barrels. Before before I got to Alex Kidd uh, messaging us back live while we're, while we're doing this, where were we at? No? Nobody? Uh, right. we, yeah, you know what the best adjuncts, adjuncts. No, the best thing to do right now. Perception. Let's talk about the the pit bulls in the house. Let's talk about the pitties. Oh uh, yeah, my I'm a big pit bull fan. They are not the musician. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> pit bull drops a good rhyme. All right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't disrespect Let's talk pit about bull, Casper. And let's talk about. Yeah. We have Bormini, Casper, and mm-hmm. Delilah. I have three pit bulls in the house. Uh, the range is Bormini is a uh, hundred pounds. Casper is seventy six pounds. He's a hundred. Yeah. Wow. He doesn't look like it. it looks like close, but not hundred is a lot. Yeah, and it, you know, he like I said, he's got gastric lymphoma, so he's dropped a couple lbs. He looks good too. Like he looks like you, you know, know you he got tell. real bad for a minute, uh, real thin. Um, it was a very crazy thing. And folks, like, pay attention to your dogs. Um, you know, we we had switched up food, which can make them like throw up and. 
and diarrhea and stuff like that. And then we also recently moved in this house. Those things can cause some of those changes too. So we were kind of like seeing these signs, but we're kind of attributing to them to things. Uh, and it wasn't until I was out on a walk with Bormini and he threw up an entire thing of food and that was uncharacteristic. And it was like, wait a minute, something's really wrong. I'd had like a, a little intuition that something might not be right, but, um, there, there was the moment where I knew and I took him in the next day and that's kind of when we, we figured that out. Um, but anyway, uh, he's doing all right. He's, he's a fighter. He's a champ. And I made a deal with him. I said, Hey, you fight, I'll pay. And that, and I just love the, the fact that when I walked up, I, I pulled up, I said, Hey, I'm here. You know, you're like, all right, well, two twenty two, whatever, you know, I walk, I walked around the corner and they're like in the front yard, like greeting <laughs> they're like and, and checking the neighborhood this is like school out school hours you know yeah, junior yeah. highs high schools are letting out whatever so it's like it's a busy little little area and they're just like waiting in the front yard behind the gate and i walked in like one's jumping up on you one's like hey hey i'm here check me out check me out you know? oh yeah casper he's a lover uh he wants to everybody he's he just he wants to he came from a very abusive background um we when when i got him the story was that he uh, was with some thugs, gangster thugs that were trying to train him to be a fighter, and he just doesn't have the disposition for that. So I think he was a bait dog. He has all these scars around his neck where he had a prong collar embedded in the neck when um, this 18-year-old couple who were married, had a kid, had a dog, were living in a studio apartment somewhere in Illinois, had rescued him from these people. I don't know how he got, like, this guy got him away from these people, but he got him away from these people. And then the kid said, well, shit, this is like, I got a kid, I got a dog, I, we, it's too much in the studio, and gave him to his mom, and his mom's a piece of shit, and she locked him in the basement, and no light, no food, no water, and the cops came over and, and snatched Casper out of that house and uh, dropped him off at the Chicago Bully Breed up in Evanston, and where he spent three months locked in confinement in the cage and this dog he's a big he's a big boy he's muscular he needs to move these dogs need to move and uh sweetheart though too i mean and that's the thing like, he was hiding out in here when you're like hey come downstairs and he's like sitting by me like just keep petting me he can't yeah, tell me no he, he can't tell me no if you just and keep that's petting the me thing, like the, he just didn't have the disposition uh that these folks wanted he's a sweetheart and i just i adore that dog he's he's my baby um and then Delilah, like I had mentioned to you earlier, was um, just a random. I had like a series of just sort of like, this is terrible. So I, I spent my summer was pretty bad. Like I said I'm earlier, athlete. I had like a lot of like a hip problem earlier. I had my PRK on my eyes. I had like all this. I wrecked my bike and broke a couple of ribs. I only knew what PRK was. On your uh, I, uh, I don't know. So it's photo okay. retractomy keratinesis or something like that. What they do in your eyes? They basically remove, like they cut away. But you don't know what your THP cornea. Is. All right, move on. <laughs> move on. I don't want to hear so, about your cornea uh, being cut. So now I see 2015. I'm like a fucking hawk now, which is great. No but, shit, um, you're like a Horus beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, it's I new IPA this week. It, you and Kyle should be uh, getting together. <laughs> it's a, it is a is a. I'll just get, get you in touch. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> obnoxious surgery, but uh, after a month, you're like, what? You can see, fucking, it's incredible. Anyway, uh, so I just went through all this shit through the summer. It was just terrible. I wrecked my bike, broke my ribs. It was terrible. I couldn't anyway. And uh, a colleague of mine at work died at lunch. Uh, 
she was so lovely. Um, I'm not going to name her name because I just out of respect for the family, but um, she was six months pregnant, walking out down Grand, crossing LaSalle, got hit by a truck and died. And um, the baby died as well. And th- this was part of the, when I was explaining to Joe earlier in this, I was out for a run and just wasn't feeling that great. And it wasn't, I wasn't feeling that great physically. It was just mentally, I wasn't feeling that great. I just you needed said, that run. Well, yeah, I use run as a therapy, but uh, it was just that day I was out and I was like, you know what? I'm just not feeling this, man. Let's let's like just like cut down here. And I didn't think when we were cutting down Grand that I'd run by. I just wasn't thinking, right? I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to run right over the spot where my friend had just uh, died like the week before. And I'm not into thinking this was any sort of sign or anything like that because she and I weren't that close. But um she she had died right in front of anti-cruelty and that day i just ran by and i saw delilah and it was this crazy thing like i am i'm the guy that takes six months to figure out what computer they want to buy i think everything through i am clearly i I see i'm impressed yeah yeah, i i don't make decisions quickly um yes my girlfriend partner i've been with her for eight years now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but meanwhile i run by i run by anti-cruelty and shout dog. out to natalie yeah shout out to natalie, natalie. and uh you know i i see this dog and I, I stop and i was like greg we gotta i gotta look at this dog he's like yeah yeah okay and i go back and i'm knocking on the window and dog's not looking at me she's actually turned away from me and i'm like god damn it what the fuck you're in a fucking cage and what do thing. i gotta like, do like what do i gotta do get your attention but i go back to the gym i shower up and i said you know what i couldn't stop thinking about this dog so i I get on my bike and I ran back over and I'm knocking on the window again. She looks away, turns the other the other way, and I'm like, oh, all right, all right. Now I I like a challenge. I'm the kind of guy that likes a challenge. So I go in and I uh, ask to see this dog and they bring her out. She's real docile. She's sort of walking around real slow. And I sit down on the bench and she jumps up and gives me a kiss. And uh, I'm like, okay, well that's it. I'm adopting you now. I mean, you're like we're we're in it now. Um, but I thought to myself, I'm like, this is great. I'm going to have a docile dog. I got two other ones here that are fucking rambunctious. So I got this little docile one. It'll help. And, uh, so I go back the next day and I get her, bring her back home. It's riot fest weekend. And, uh, because we hadn't introduced all the dogs yet, I locked her in, in, in our basement, which is a finished basement. It's, uh, our entertainment room. And I made it so she couldn't go upstairs and they couldn't come downstairs. I just didn't want them getting in a dust up or anything. So. We get home that night, Friday night, and uh, my girlfriend, partner's daughter, sleeps downstairs with her, and she wakes up in the morning, and this is crazy. So it's like 9 a.m. I'm a little foggy because I've had maybe about 12, uh, you know, loggers at at Riot Fest, and it's 9 a.m., and and I get this text from Natiana. It says, I don't think she can breathe, and now... Mind you, I did a gummy as well, and it's illegal here. It's legal here, so I'm I'm okay. To say totally. That. totally. Wait, um, when did this happen? Dude, I'm September fourth. <laughs> judging you right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. Why don't you go um, burn anyway. another one, bro? It's legal now. It's legal now, and everything is expunged, so it doesn't matter. Oh, dude. So, so I, I, you know, I'm up on the third floor, and I fell down. I I got up so quickly because I thought, oh shit. The first thing in my mind is like, how do you do dog CPR? Somebody, there, there has to be a way to do this. So I'm running through my brain. So I'm thinking about that, but I'm also trying to move at the same time. I fell down the first flight of stairs, fell over the coffee table, and uh, then fell down the next flight of stairs because there was like gates up and all this stuff. And I hear not down. It's just, Brian, 
she can't breathe well. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it'd be real great if you're a fucking clear with your text message. That's a key point of that text so, message. So so uh, she's got this crust all over her face and all this stuff, and she just looks awful. And we sat there for a second, and I thought, oh, maybe it's a little cold, kennel cough, something like that. And uh, Natiana was persistent. She says, no, something's wrong, something's wrong. you got to take her in. I said, all right, you know, I'm not one to argue with the ladies for too long. Um so I said, okay. I took her to the ER, and about $800 later, found out she had severe pneumonia, almost dead. Like they said, we're going to keep her here, and it's going to be 4K. I said, I hadn't had this dog for 18 hours. What are you fucking talking about? Yeah. 4K. And sure, I uh, got that. We gave, her, we gave her a big old dose of uh, antibiotics and got her back. Turns out she's not docile at all. <laughs> She, she parties. Was just near death. Oh, Sorry, she, she parties. She, she is rambunctious. She, she's she still is, a sweetheart, though. So now she you got adorable. three rambunctious dogs. I got three in rambunctious dogs. Worth she's a every minute. Of every it, minute. This dog, like, hey there, Delilah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Is that it, plain she's, white she's kind of, yeah. Chicago reference. Local. There you go. Mm. Chicago she, land. I saw, dude. <laughs> she was named after the place where uh, Natalie and I had our first date. Ooh, the, the whiskey bar, right? The whiskey bar. I love Delilah's. Punk rock music. Mike Miller. He was just on the uh, Beer Temple podcast. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, there's more people doing these? I oh. thought this was like exclusive. No, no. Fortunately, oh there's better people out there. You got duped. Oh, <laughs> you shit. Got, you got Thanks, duped. Sean Burns. You got the average one. <laughs> you got the average one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Above no. average. No. Above. You got... Uh, <laughs> well, well, Chris Quinn and, and the group over at Beer Temple, they've been doing this for a long time, but that's like part of... Lumpin' Radio with Ed and all them at, at oh, Mars. Ed, that dude yeah. Ed is awesome. I've met him a few times. Wish I could get him on a podcast. You, you call me like old school. They're before me. Like. Oh, yeah. That Maria's life. Dude, Maria's is Ed life. not building an empire down in Bridgeport? He's doing some shit, man. No, he's moving about, into Logan. Talk about content creation. <laughs> you were talking about content. Dude, Mars is moving into creator. Logan, dude. Have you guys been to his art space that doubles as no, a music I, venue? Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I have not. Oh, I've my not God. Been there this physically. is incredible. I saw the preoccupations there. It was incredible. Talk about a busy guy, Edmar. But, but yeah, I mean, but he... Like, yeah, like Ed... And then Chris over at Beer Temple, he does yep. he did host the the podcast for them. And uh, Mike Shalou, uh, over, you know, used to be at Pipeworks. Now he's doing Is Was Brewing. He well, kind of... He was recently talking about that maple debate. Oh, pure maple versus extract. He's the best, man. He's seriously... I could interview that guy three times a week and it wouldn't get old. I could sit there and talk to him about... Anything, anything, nonsense, yeast, whatever. Meanwhile, Joe's been tabbing his watch for the last 45 minutes. Like, come on, speed it up. Yeah, I don't even own a watch. but that's yeah, He's cool. just tabbing his wrist. He's like, come cool, on, let's dude. go. Get out of here. My wrist bones are bruised up, but it's fine. <laughs> no, no. There's there's some great people around this area when it comes to the, the beer the beer life. But uh, like you said, Edmar, like, he's I don't awesome. know, he's walking around with a karaoke machine around his neck, singing, doing all kinds of crazy shit. Like, he's a, he's a, he's a, a wild man. His own, he marches to beat his own drum, as they say, right? That's it. That's it. I mean, that's uh, some of some of these people in this industry are really special. So I mean, yeah. and you talked about it. It's like it, sometimes it feels like we're losing some of those special people. Not that we're losing people physically. But it's just like it feels like the numbers are getting different. You know, it used to be like they are. Man, look at all these passionate people that are like they kind of driving this industry. And now it's like. How much can we make on this? Like, you, you know, that's interesting that you say that too, because I've I, I've been a beer trader for a long time, and I still believe in it and support it. I don't trade my own beers personally. I just don't. I don't do that anymore. I don't think that's fair. Conflict not, of interest. Uh, so you didn't send them to Alex Kid? No. Yeah, <laughs> dude, uh, you can make so much money 
Right. How much yeah, did Elks pay for one of your bottles? I know. Like 145 bucks. I, I'm actually going to, ref- I might just refund him his money. Um, <laughs> Seriously. Like, I, I feel like I should send him the money right now. Like, dude, no, no. But, Drink this but, shit without any blinders on. No, dude. Find out who sold it to him and then, like, get torches and march to his home. Let's and be dox like, him. Dude. Let's dude, dox him, dude. You're out. You're out, dude. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but there's also, there's also this thing which I think is probably for another podcast, which, you know, if you ever had me back on it, how you talk about, but there, there's this like, there's so much great beer available. Oh, there's so, sorry. I'm not, I'm too far. Don't apologize. Just, just move on. Now it's inside me. <laughs> um, and there's so much great beer available that I'm, I'm starting to see like trading sort of slow down a little bit. And, and, uh, you know, whether it's the fact that some of these great breweries like Hill Farm Center, Side Project, whoever are producing enough that, you don't have to go bananas chasing it. Um, but also even locally, like I, I went in the binnies the other day and it was like choice paralysis. I was like, what? Stop going to binnies. There's a lot of good bottle shops. I, stores. No, look, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Warehouse liquor, 634 <laughs> South Wabash, <laughs> Chicago, Illinois, 60605. Yeah, yeah. Two blocks from my office. I went there to get a I little get something it. before I get band it. practice. But, totally. um, but 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 even going in there to grab a something light before for band practice, right? I was like, hey, Brian, shred. really fast. You, you can't get your beer at Benny's, right? This was prior. <laughs> if you can't get it at Benny's, is it worth drinking? This beer. Well, that's I, a slogan, right? Is it worth drinking? That's right. Isn't that I a don't know. That's a real because, thing, right? Yeah. Because I'm looking at the shelves on Benny's, I'm like, four years ago. There would have been like cum stains all over Benny's wall yeah. to have all that oh, beer yeah. there, and I just everywhere. I, I mean, like dudes would have been jerking off on the sidewalk yeah. to get this beer, but like now it's just sitting there Jeez with dust bitch. on the bottles. So like, I think at any point in time, one could walk into Warehouse Liquors and walk out with a really amazing two, three, four bottles. And but like, what's the to... secondary value on this bottle, though, dude? Like... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, trading is slow. But so... is Armando selling it to you personally? Because that add, adds value. But like, if it's not from the back room, like, is it like worth anything? I'm actually banned. He won't sell it to me. Anymore. Yeah, I bet. I'm kidding. Dude, I need a Weller foolproof. Okay. <laughs> See, well, now he's being facetious. Uh, See, now he's no, saying... he's actually being honest. I yeah. said that today. <laughs> Did he? He's trying to pump you. Like, oh, I was. Hey, remember how we like our friends now? Like. <laughs> I was like, go down in that goddamn cellar. You want dimensions one through four? Not even the cellar. You want dimensions one through four? You There's better, like one better bottle come up in with an office. You want to be on this fucking podcast? You <laughs> give me that full proof. Yeah. Show him the paper. There. Show him the paper. <laughs> There's, a new, There's a new barrel coming soon. All right, we're getting all over the place. Let's let's yeah. let's wrap it up. Let's talk about let's talk about anything else you want to close out with. What else? Um, Anything coming up? We're still working on Black Stave V2. Yeah, Black Stave V2. Keep an eye on the Facebook page if you're interested. Um, At the end of the day, I think the message that I want to deliver both to beer drinkers and all the brewers out there is like, I just want to make something that people like, um, that they enjoy, that they can share with people. And I'm not interested in profiteering. That's not, this isn't my game. This isn't my business. Uh, it's an art form for me. It's an expression. Um, there, there has been some rumors around 
my recipes and where they come from ooh, and stuff ooh, like what's that. that? Corey King uh, writing those for you? <laughs> well, you what's, know, what's the rumors uh, circulating around? You you're waiting the juicy stuff two and a half hours uh, in. No, I I don't think it's anything, and that's why I didn't bring it up. But like, y- people in the community sort of infer their own things, right, from whatever. And because I willingly share what I do um, openly, I share my recipes. I'll post it up for everybody tomorrow if you want it because I I that the recipe isn't what makes the beer in my opinion um but you know i talk to a lot of brewers and i take notes and Armando's barrels so uh, who's the real star here he does more he his barrels do more work than the 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 beer itself does just have gratitude and give without expectation yeah yeah namaste exactly exactly and uh you know i've just been accused of stealing recipes in the past and that's just how does that work Because I sit down with a brewer and I'm like, hey, here's my recipe. What do you think? And they're like, oh, well, I would up the oats on this. Or your your mash temp could go another degree higher. And then all of a sudden, some idiot fucking beer nerd who was sitting next to me is like, ooh, the ooh, real gloves are off now. He's stealing I like that. Uh, fucking recipes. You networking son of a bitch. Meanwhile, meanwhile yeah. like, How dare you? just two people who both appreciate an art are talking about their process. And like, I'm the first one to be like, yeah, take it, dude. Can you go farther with this? Yeah. Take it farther than I can take it. Boil it longer. <laughs> whatever or like, you gotta, or yeah. like whatever. I'm being facetious, and, but whatever. And, yeah. You know, and and uh, that's not my style. I just take inspiration and I move forward. And and uh, I expect the same out of everybody else. I expect somebody to take my recipe and move it forward. Um, and that's it. So I think we're... Well, I guess the point of what I'm trying to get at here is that I think the ultimate goal and outcome that we all should be looking for is to bring people together and, and create a place or a product that brings joy to their lives. You know, I mean, in, in our day-to-day lives, we're dealing with nine to fives and corporations don't give a fuck about us and politicians actually don't give a fuck about us and all this stuff like Beer, in my opinion, is like the leveler in that. Like, it's something we can all appreciate. We can collaborate together, and we can move forward together. And who doesn't like to lift a glass with somebody? It, it is the equator, in my opinion, like the ultimate equator. You're like Rage Against the Machine of beer right now. Right, let's go. Let's That's go. a really good comparison. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't want to. I don't make any money from it. I don't do anything other than that. Other than just wanting people like. Like I said earlier, and I, and I said it might sound cheeky or cliche, but I don't care about anything other than people being like, dude, this is awesome. Yeah, like, bro, bro, this is awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even if it's the bro, bro, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, I love that. Like, I love, like, smiling faces. Like I said, when I had the music pumping, I'm handing beers out. I'm frantic, typing on the computer, getting fucking shit checked off and all this. But uh, there's joy in that for me. And there's joy in it's that. satisfying. I mean, yeah, and like really somebody's is. over there pouring my beers and people come like, I got to talk to you, I got to talk to you. Yeah. This Compliments is awesome. Compliments of the chef. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, dude, there's a lot of people that go into making this a thing. There's a lot of uh, not just me. You know, there's Armando's a part of it, Gene's a part of it, JR's a part of it, Aaron's a part of it. Like, it's not me. I'm just a piece of a larger puzzle that brings us to your door. And I think that's all of us. And when we get away from that, it's like hubris. And 
you know, it's Icarus. You fly too close to the sun, you mm-hmm. melt your fucking wings, right? Melt like the shit out of them. I just want to drink great beer, get a little fucked up, and, you know, have a gummy now and again. That's like almost like nobody desires to get fucked up anymore. Everybody's just like, I just want to have the best beer possible. I just drink for the flavor. When you talk old school, man, like Like, we didn't even get into how... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nobody admits that they want to get fucked up anymore. Yeah, dude. I'm old school. I I can't remember a time when my dad like picked me up on the weekend because I have a dysfunctional family. Um... That he didn't have a can of fucking King of Beers between his legs, you know, like. How was your weekend, son? I mean, it's St. Louis. That shit was pouring out of tap, but like, it was all about getting fucked up. I mean, that's what, like, let's be honest. Like, these folks are parading around as like hobbyists, alcoholics. Yeah, it's what we do. I mean, I'll admit it. Like, I fucking have a beer every night. Like, I feel like I, Jimmy Fallon's. Problem, did, like, didn't Jimmy Fallon do something like that with the thank you notes? Like it's like a, a popular meme now, but I remember watching it as it happened, and it was like, "Thank you, craft beer, for giving making my yeah. alcoholism seem like a neat little hobby or yeah. something." It's like exactly, it's a real thing. It's a total real. <laughs> it's thing. a real thing, and whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah, and it's it's a little sad, like it, when it gets to that point, unfortunately. And if those folks are out there that need help with it, then get fucking help. It's not that important. There's more important things. There's, you know? there's versions uh, and things to help you with that. Those sort of things too. I mean, yeah. But, you know, nobody wants to admit that. It's like, hey, this is fun for me. You know, this is a thing that I want to keep kind of exploring. It's like it's a hobby. You know? Yeah, and I think that if we were all being, like, pragmatic about it, yeah, we don't have the whole, the healthiest fucking population no. involved in this uh, hobby. We know that. Everybody knows that. It's, it's like a, like a well, big I'm ass, fucking saying something big ass it. elephant. Big, well, I'm fucking saying elephant. something yeah, no. I'm going to agree with you, Brian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's it's safe at two hours and forty minutes in. So hopefully nobody gets it. No, but seriously, like it, it, it's a, it's a thing that we've been concerned about. I've I've talked about it a few times here and there. It's just like you know, if you got a got some issues, talk about it. Yeah, totally. it's one it's one of those things. So before we before we kind of close it fully out and 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 say goodbye, is there any little thing you want to leave with? Anything coming out soon? Any way like any information you want to give people that happen to stumble across your beer at a bottle share like yeah so uh i will i will say a couple things first um join a gym <laughs> yeah earn, earn your beer i i personally do not drink if i, I don't fucked w- up so long ago dude <laughs> yeah yeah and it's Armando, easy. we've been judging Look, you silently all day it's easy but there is no judgment but like my personal motto is i don't drink unless i work out first like that one has to come before the other that's just a personal fucking thing for me and it works. I'm happy with it. Um, it helps me have some control. Number two, uh, that tale of two pities is coming out. Um, yep. we're, we're brewing it and, uh, on the 28th and it'll be out probably a month after that canned. And I believe that it might actually see distribution in 30 States. Big stout. It's going to be, yes, it's going to be a little bit bigger than this. Uh, it's going to hey, be, Brian. Weed, it's going to weeded stout. Half of it's going into barrels, half of it's going to cans. But what's coming out soon? If it hits Distro, Illinois, the distributor is Heartland Beverage. If it does hit here, does how do you make... Does 12% do that? They just got yes. 12% recently. Yes, how do you do. make sure Warehouse and Heartland Crafted... Beverage. Shout out Andrew Quackenbush. How do you make sure Crafted and Warehouse get that beer? I love Andrew. Andrew, if you're listening, I miss you, buddy. That's that's my rap, dude. I know. I Andrew's love Andrew. My boy. He's my boy. Um, I will make sure that you get it. If it hits this road, that's all I'm saying. 
I will make sure I will make sure that you get it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm working right now. Exclusive. Uh, don't worry, I'll make sure that you get it. Six um, barrel, multiple cases now. <laughs> absolutely. And if no, I have sure. to fucking mail them myself, just kidding. Let's go. But but to but to the but point. But really though, like the barrel age though, like will that come to like fruition? <laughs> like how do we get some of that? <laughs> Jesus, man, dog with a it's bone. It's gonna be a I'm while. Done. It's a I'm pity done. with a bone. <laughs> it's gonna be like like next month, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be a while. You like barely um, that like an accelerated timeline, right? You just put it in like a fermenter of staves and vacuums, and you just like hyper Ooh, hyper might, age it. Like, you might be onto something. Can you sous vide that? No, there's some <laughs> distilleries that do that. I'm not gonna say much All more. Right, go, let's go. All, All right, right second. Trying to be serious right now. Second, uh, I don't have like a normal standard production, so what you guys get is what you get when it's ready, and that's good. that's the that's the end of it. And I apologize, but it's not my thing to do daily. Um, you will start to see some more interesting things, uh, maybe on the lighter side, IPAs, etc., uh, in the near future in Chicago, perhaps out of twelve percent as well. Um, what else do I want to comment is that, on? Is that easy, bro? Potentially, I have. Oh. I actually kind of want to dial back to some. Like, I want to get a crushable six, seven percent, low odin, uh, hazy IPA. Something low odin. I know. Odin's I don't want to drink breath. a IPA stout, frankly speaking. Um, I'm just pulling the punches out. I've so had you're not going to double odin, yeah, dude. But how thick is it going to be? That's what I, I don't want fucking want it, it thick at all. Is there going to be any lactose in it? How much no. milk are you going to put into it? That's what I want to know. And sorry, and, we're and getting silly now. For the record, I use no. no lactose in any of my beers. Really? Nor will I. That's the tits. Nor will I. A little malto in there. I also am a That's vegetarian. Good. No um, malto. No. Uh, I I like carapils for adding some body. Carapils is nice. Yeah, yeah, I like to do that. Um, I wish you know, all customers and like uh, beer nerds could chew carapils. Just, just, I'm just having. Yeah, one. Just it's chew. nice. It gives a lovely and body. Um, get, get education in there. Malto, mm, I don't know. Eh, maybe sometimes if you need it. You know, again, like I said, I'm not averse to as needed doing what you need to do when you need to do it. Um, the other thing I'd say, Coconut Waves is not my favorite beer I've ever made. Um, I know a lot of people like it. It's not my favorite. I, How dare you? I would have done some things differently um, with that. Again, having being four hours away from Ellison uh, is hard to be able to do things exactly how you want it. Um, keep an eye on the Facebook page. There will be more to come on future clubs. What about the club? And I and I say clubs because maybe there might be multiple clubs that have different things. I am not going to take advantage of anybody. I will give you what you deserve with what you uh, commit to and the risk that you take with me. And I'm open to hear from you guys if there's anything wrong with any of the beers, uh, whether it be protein or whatever sometimes happens or whatever. Just Stout hit me up. boogers. Stout boogers. Stout boogers. Slug club. Slug I, club. It's the slug club. And, yeah. and it's happened. And, and it's just part of the, the world it is. I will be happy to help you out with anything. Um, I love you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, again, I'm not doing this for monetary. I'm just doing it for you. Well, let me thank both of you, first of all, for taking the time out of your, what is it, Tuesday? Tuesday night. I'm hammered on a Tuesday. Thanks, Yeah, Joe. we did We did a great job here tonight. I never go out, especially on weekdays, so this is rare form for me. Well, yeah. you're also a, a child-bearing son, right? I mean, that's... 
thing he doesn't do. bear children. Yeah. The no, other one does, but no, yeah. I just helped try to but raise. He raise he's one. a child. He raises. He's a rearing. He's a rearing, not one. a bearing. Yeah. Yeah, I helped try to keep him alive. You're a bit of a rearer. <laughs> but you know, it's it's not a customary thing to go out on a Tuesday night and drink a bunch of barrel aged stouts. So, uh, Brian, I can't thank you enough for coming on and doing it. Again, I do not want to hit stop until we have everything out on the table that you want to get out. So if there's anything else you want to add before I, we give some... Oh, stop it. What did you say? See? He's Michael Scott in us. What did he do? He's giving us a that's what she that. said. It was a that's what she said. Oh. It was real. You, you know, getting, get it getting it all out. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think I said everything. I, I love all the brewers I've ever met. I love What's your favorite the- band? Block Party or Ooh. Alkaline Trio? Oh, Alkaline Trio, obviously. Well, <laughs> last time I saw him, he was he was all block party, dude. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, it's a tie. It's right, a tie. It he loves alkaline. He has alkaline, but he has mad respect for the block party musicianship. I do, okay. man. Their yeah. musicianship is incredible. I love Hot Water Music. I love New Order. I love The Cure. I even love fucking Erasure. I'll admit it. Uh, See, no love for Connor. Oberst, mm, I do like him. Do new Bright Eyes album coming this year? I'm Bright Eyes so is good. Excited. I do appreciate new Bright, Bright Eyes. Eyes. Oh, like, oh, I am a gosh. punk guy, but I, I'm like, what kind of Bright Eyes are we getting? All. What, what does that mean? Like the, anything, all the iterations all mixed in one? Anything Connor has done? Okay, I'm a fanboy. All right, Hayden, I'm okay. I'm a super fanboy of things I, like I love. I, I won't judge you for that. I think that's a good thing. That's I do. Thing. I have a respect. It's a good Connor. character piece for you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I watch every Bears game every year. Dimensions one through five. Yep. Out out in people's hands right now. What's one? Got a trade for it. Two is vanilla. Three, three is maple. Four. Maple vanilla. So why 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 maple to maple vanilla? Why why not? Uh, I don't know. What the hell else would you do? Double chocolate. Like. Well, uh, honestly, because I one of them was supposed to be apple brandy barrels, and I just couldn't. Acquire like source of quality enough. I one. could not source a quality enough. Apple so what you're barrel. saying is they can <laughs> they can source a good enough well, apple brandy barrel. We we actually we've it, never done an apple brandy uh, barrel. Okay, okay. Makes so sense. if we did, it'd be Calvados, and that's very hard to do. I don't know. We what the hell we you just said, so yeah, Aaron awesome. did get Calvados barrels, um, but what happened was. Aaron took them for himself and not for me. <laughs> no, that, that's actually partially true, and that's fine. Wrapping um, up, Aaron at Ellison is a very selfish son of a bitch. Well, he's a <laughs> fucking wonderful, beautiful man. But like, uh, we talked about it, and it was like, hey, we're ordering them now. We'll have them for your thing. But the there was an issue with the shipping. They got stuck at a port in France. And we're three weeks late, and the time that I needed to transfer for my release didn't match what I wanted and my expectations. So he might have aged a little shorter time span. Like, I wanted six months in Calvados, and he did whatever he did. I don't know what it was. I, I'm not a part of that. But um, he did try. Uh, I don't want to shit on him. I'm not shitting on him. Aaron's awesome. Love you, Aaron. Love you, Aaron. But um, I just couldn't get the Calvados. So my reaction to that was to do um, the maple vanilla. And it's something that I've actually always kind of wanted to do a little bit. Maple vanilla. I thought it'd be nice. Um, I'd make my pancakes Pancake with vanilla. It's so with subtle. Cream. It's so subtle, though. It's not like... That's what I tried to do. I've had so many maple vanillas where it's like, oh, they want you to really believe <laughs> this is maple and vanilla. Like, I don't <laughs> want that. I want you to drink a... Taste the stout, taste the barrel, taste the maple, taste vanilla. And I want you to taste real maple. I got accused. If it says maple, I better taste it, dude. 
That's uh, 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 fuck that. Aunt Jemima. You know, I got beat up for using Vietnamese or Saigon cinnamon in my uh, last heritage because they were like, "This doesn't taste like cinnamon." I'm like, "Well, cinnamon is even cinnamon, dude." Yeah, and I'm like, "You're so used to this Americanized, granulated, spicy, fucking hot cinnamon. This is actual real cinnamon. It's herbaceous. It's floral. It's not like what you expect." So. I'm totally cool, and that's like where I'm going. So if you guys don't like fucking real, then stop being know. fancy, dude. Red hots are bust, bro. And you're, and you're not gonna get an over. Better hot tamale, this motherfucker. Fucking thing with me. End of end of the oh, game. Oh. That's end of story. B five. What do you think? B five. What is it? I know we uh, talked about that. Chocolate cinnamon. Yes. And you're uh, drinking. We it talked right about now. it. I just wanted to make sure. So that's we're... his least favorite. Yeah, I hate it. No. <laughs> it's my least favorite, but really, but it's. I do like the chocolate. I do okay. like the chocolate in it, but um, we did cinnamon sticks, actual bark. Mm-hmm. Um, Too woody, bro. I actually like <laughs> the level of cinnamon in it. It's slow. It's not crazy. It's not. I'm not trying to remake a Braxis. I'm not trying to remake all that stuff. I just want you to get those. No, you tones. already tried that and you failed. Uh, I well, failed miserably. Well, it rings better bro. this or Braxis, bro. All right, so Alex Kid pays one hundred and forty-five dollars for these. We will sell these tomorrow at two hundred bucks a bottle. In case anybody's listening, still just kidding. We both uh, have kids, so you you understand. Right? Yeah, <laughs> they. Uh, Jesus Christ! Do you I get almost, the cinnamon on this show? On the on the one I'm drinking right now, I get I get all the the chocolate on it. I'm you don't get kidding. much cinnamon. Well, I don't get like I get it on those. You get it. it, it I don't compliment- get like uh, French toast cinnamon. Like, I don't get uh, that. You don't get the like, American cinnamon. It's the cinnamon bark, yeah. so it complements the wood that's already in there. Like the like like a cinnamon bark uh, comparable to like what you what you see labeled as cassia bark. That's what we used. Yeah. So cassia bark, which which I take my benchmark from like prop, 14? prop seventeen, prop seventeen, I guess would be like the banana bread pudding type type style, which, which is a cassia bark almond uh, banana. Ooh. So that's the almond. most recent version of that kind of like adjunct that i get and i see other things labeled as cassia bark and i'm like eh, this is kind of jumbled it's kind of with everything else yeah. because what i get there like i'm never a fan of like double chocolate like sean's batch two curvature double chocolate uh that was, it, was it too uh dark chocolate bitter for you no no it wasn't that it was like because i did like that one but i yeah, knew it wasn't no, no, a fan favorite trust me thought it was good yeah thought it was very i'm just curious like, about that one yeah like if you if you were like, hey, you want this bottle for like a regular Bourbon County? I'd be like, all right, trade it, let's go, I'll take that. But but like uh, last year's uh, prop versus uh, double chocolate uh, curvature, like not always my favorite adjunct. It's not that I love dark chocolate. I love Baker's chocolate, decadent, dark. But at the same time, I need like uh, an offsetting point, you know. So I guess with. Uh, 2017 you a, prop you need a point of reference yeah i guess yeah like i don't just need chocolate like, that's what i'm talking about with like the if beer, i'm eating snacks and shit yeah. i like just chocolate that's fine yeah. i like straight chocolate but when i'm drinking beer like i need some sort of like chocolate here's baker's chocolate here's dark here's bitter you know and then check out the cinnamon though like check out this like kind of yeah you know th- this little offshoot side, here little side note mm-hmm. like for hey, reference is for that reference, a call back to uh, sean <laughs> No, for for reference for you guys, for like my favorite my favorite barrel aged beer ever was probably Karma. So more Karma, cinnamon, you know, vanilla, chocolate, 
and that that that's that's the kind of shit I like. I like that cinnamon of that nature, not yeah, okay, not cinnamon roll cinnamon, but like this kind of. I guess it'd be Cassie Mark. It's like, an accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a nice accent. I got you. I hear you. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. All right, so I'm God, I'm elongating this. Let's say goodbye. Let's say goodbye. We can we can chat after <laughs> this. Elongating. Yeah, we're elongating. So thank you guys seriously for taking the time to do this on a Tuesday. Oh, dude, thank you. And drowning Much appreciated. Barely. I probably down. do not deserve to be on here. That's not true. That's that's a <laughs> falsehood. There's gonna be a bunch of people there, but I hope you get a bunch of emails. They're like, "When's that membership oh, opening God. up?" I, I, I've already got a lot. Alex Kid got 150 bucks for that box. <laughs> So since you're not like, doing this for profit, like, can you just give me some? Yeah. And I gotta like show it to my friends, like free marketing, dude. Like, yeah. I'll advertise the fuck out of your shit, dude. I like, didn't. Oh, I, I already get those. I emailed that guy, and he was like, "I don't do this for profit." And then he was like, "You can't have any, I'm bro." Like, I got forty thousand Instagram followers. Send me your shit, and I'll post it. What? <laughs> what the fuck is Barkley brewing? Why the fuck should I care? And how is it trading for so much? What the hell? <laughs> the only important thing right now to take from this is pit bulls. That's, yes. all, that's all I'm worried about right now. A tale of two pities, my boar mini. At the beginning of this episode, when I go and record the intro, we're going to talk about whoever you want to, you know, who's the best rescue you think, and then we'll talk about them. Oh, they're all fucking perfect. All right. Hey, all right. Well, thank you guys wait, again. Wait, Joe. Oh, what? Which is your favorite kid? Oh, you just asked Brian that Casper, question. Casper, my dude. Casper's my dude. That's no, my first your, your actual kids. My kid. Oh, Joseph. Okay. Sure. Never mind. <laughs> oh, where no, I'm just kidding. My daughter's no, definitely number <laughs> sorry, one. Sorry, Joe's daughter. Oh, Joe's. No, 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 no my daughter's sorry. definitely number one. Sorry. She's, she's actually pretty cool. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyways. I'm so sorry to ask this question. So, so let's close Let's close this out with... Uh, He's like, stop. <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously. My son's fun. My daughter's way cooler. <laughs> oh, God. Your gonna, son's going to hate you. Yeah. No, it's fine. He won't listen. So it's fine. Sadly, they both have the. Flu, There's right? an underlying story yeah. here. Yeah. Shoot it ten years later, Dad. <laughs> well, some of you dissing me on your podcast, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, they already have a fucking thing plugged into the TV with a terabyte of Ninja Turtles oh on it. You God, think they're not listening? So, so they're hardcore. probably listening to this but, in real time. Right and now. next to that, you next do know they're practicing their ninja skulls as and, a result. And like, next to that hard drive and, is, a, is an OG Nintendo. So it's beautiful. Like, my beautiful, life is weird. My life beautiful. is so weird. As my son sits on the couch with his Nintendo Switch, like I'm like, that's not even that cool. Like, you should go play. He's that like, dude, Dad, that's a bit. Have you played Smash Brothers Ultimate? Yeah, that that <laughs> shit's not dope. on NES, dude. It's pretty dope. <laughs> Brian's uh, not good at it. Mario Kart 8, Smash Brothers, and Deluxe Super Mario. U. This podcast is never ending. No, dude, Mario Odyssey. Looking, all, Mario, I to, all I have to do is hit the button. Mario, Don't hit the Mario button. Mario Odyssey is really good. Should we go against like how long a podcast can go? Oh no, the, you guys, you guys would have to strap in for another hour and a half because Hot Butcher got you. Like, oh, Jude, shit. Jude and uh, Justin went hard. And they were like, oh, my boy, Justin. Yeah. Justin was like, can we keep going? Jude's like, I can get daycare for the kids. <laughs> Let's keep going. I'm like, four hours. We should probably stop. <laughs> I can like, tell a no. story about Justin and his first phobab. Oh, God damn it. Hit the button. Next <laughs> podcast. Adios, <laughs> compadres. Adios. Thank you, thank you for listening. Warehouse Liquors, where you at? 634 South Wabash, South Loop, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, Barkland Brewing, nowhere, nowhere, don't come to my house, (laughs) it's not at blah, 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 I was going to say your address, but you come to my neighborhood, you better strap up, dude, we're we're on all the social medias, you can find us, warehouse liquors, get your barrels from us, (laughs) but not not everybody, all right, (laughs) later guys, bye, bye.